0: All right, I am comfortably ensconced in my basement.
1: Ensconced, mm. that's a yeah.
0: that's
1: a fancy word. Yeah, that's, um, what does that mean? I mean, set, you're, like you're,
0: uh, like enveloped almost.
1: Oh, okay, en- ensconced. I like that.
0: Hey right, man, well, um,
1: if you're ready, we'll just we'll just kind of get into it and see where it goes. So um, yeah, for sure. Right, well. I
0: am. I, I have like <clears throat> massive, massive imposter uh, syndrome as far as all of this, because like there's, I kept thinking to myself, um, there there's got to be fives of people who are interested in hearing <laughs> what I have to say about dodgeball, um, but but probably not into the tens, but fives at least.
1: I would uh, I would say, I would guess more than fives because my mom listens, so she's she's one by default. Um,
0: she's there for you though.
1: This is true. Yep. yeah for her number one <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah whatever man let's 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 roll it and see here we go so um, yeah, for sure. beginning in three two one, one. hello everyone welcome to another episode of the dodgeball podcast in this episode i am joined by dan dan how are you doing man i'm doing well awesome and we were you know let's just get right into it we were um kind of just talking about uh you know imposter syndrome and you know just i don't want to say why are you here because i can tell you but uh you know it's um i this this i i guess i'll preface this interview with this will be more of a conversation and that's kind of where i'm angling towards so for those of you that may not know you if you just give us like a quick um introduction and like maybe your your dodgeball origin story you know just, just the the basics and we'll go from there man
0: yeah definitely um so, you know, I started playing dodgeball, uh, at 33, <clears throat> right. Um, and I, I was already basically over the hill, you know, like, so I kind of knew the, the, the limits of where I could potentially go, but there was this great thing about dodgeball. Um, and I guess I can tell the, the specific story of, of how I found my way into all of it. Um, But I found my way into it, and there was this great leveling factor, right? Because everybody um, was sort of new, right? Like I I ended up playing dodgeball the first time that I came back to it, um, you know, as an adult, uh, after having gone over to UCLA to play basketball with 33-year-old knees. Um, And you know, when you're when you're playing. with you know 21 year old kids or or younger um who had been on their high school basketball team and had been good but couldn't make it to ucla and you're there and you're 33 and we're never like that athletic um you really start to realize like oh this isn't for me anymore right like i am definitively over the hill but again the thing about dodgeball that was so cool was like yeah, you absolutely had some superior athletes. And certainly at this point, like now, you know, in the present day, you've got a ton of them. But back then it was like, nobody was, was you know, a veteran of their high school dodgeball team, right? Nobody had been doing that for a for, for long. So you, you were all kind of starting from zero. And so that was that was the thing that, that originally appealed to, to, um, to me so much about it. Um, as to the specifics, You know, uh, I have a friend named named Mark who is highly unathletic, not engaged in really any athletic pursuits whatsoever. And one day, I remember him saying to me, um, "I'm going to go play dodgeball tomorrow." And I I said almost literally, um, "That sounds stupid enough that I'll go do it one time, (laughs) just so I can say I did it." And then I went, and it was. It was just amazing like it was so great like i i still remember that day i remember that i went out with ezra Dubrov uh and dave lindenbaum uh shortly afterwards and and we had uh thai food and and uh ice. i think uh thai iced coffees um and i remember that my you know my like shoulder my right shoulder was just <clears throat> completely wrecked my back for the next like i don't know a couple weeks <laughs> it felt like probably days um and it was pretty soon after that i was like okay i'm going to do this as as much as i possibly can um and you know one day turns into two days a week and then three and then four and then five and I, I never really got all the way up to like the six or seven day a week level but you know i was playing all the time um and this was sort of in a heyday for for uh dodgeball in los angeles and and that's where i was i'm not there anymore um but I think that's what I kind of am most interested in talking about, um, in, in this particular period of time that I got to kind of have a different perspective than I think a lot of people do on, on this sport, which was in the transition from game to sport at that time, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's essentially where I want to go and, um, I'm thinking like, was this LA Dodgeball Society before World Dodgeball Society? Was was it them, first of all, lads? As I used to call I, them. I had the just
0: missed lads, right? So okay. I um we played at the very aptly named uh Stoner Recreational Facility, which was like right around the corner from where I lived at that point. Um and it was a, a very interesting blend of people. You know, you had I, I don't know the one guy who always sticks out to me, and we were we were never friends. <laughs> like hey, I, I didn't dislike him. I don't think he knows who I am. I think if you were to hear his name right now, he you know from from this podcast, I think he'd be very confused. But it was this this guy Eric Audet.
1: I was wondering if you're going to say Eric Audet. I should have said it. or Would you really? You out? Yeah.
0: That's so funny. I was
1: thinking. I mean, Eric Audet or Seabass. Bass. Was like, no, Seabass Bass is a cool dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So so to your question though, um, I, I'll come back to Aude, but. <laughs> You know, it was, um, it was after Lads and that had transitioned to WDS, um, you know, and the, 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 the people in power at that point, power, I guess is a weird way to put it, but you know, it was, um, Costanza, <clears throat> um, some, some, um, and I think John Kleinbell, this is, you know, these are just random people from the past, um, but, you know, there were there were a handful of people, Howard Hahn, you know, and again, virtually none of these people ever really played at the competitive level. Right. This is all wreck. This is all the beginnings of the people who became the people who are what Dodgeball has become. Um, but this is sort of I don't know. It's sort of this is Dodgeball's origin story as far as uh, what I was around to see. Um, and you know i was always there kind of cheering for the people who i thought had the ability to take it places that i just absolutely knew that i couldn't right like and i wanted to do whatever i could at least at that time um to to be a part of of getting it to that next level and i think i did virtually nothing <laughs> to do that <clears throat> but i really wanted to
1: i mean if it if it helps um and this may come up again as we move forward in, in the the conversation is i mean whether you realize it or not at least for me um you're a very encouraging individual and you've been there for me without realizing it just to have someone that um i, I, I want to say gets it because um i'm curious how how similar we actually are um but there there, there are times where you know i would i would look to you whether it was a word of encouragement or just you commented on an episode or you talked about ball stay where it it helped me move along. And I think one of the things I really want to drive home for this episode is just the, the intangible things that you can't measure, but you know, they're there. And that's, that's kind of why I wanted to reach out to you and, and talk about it this season. Um, I just didn't get to it last season, but, um, I think for most people, they they'd be shocked um, with what what the impact they actually have. Um, so uh, I'm probably gonna say this often. Uh, we both have mad imposter syndrome, and but also, <laughs> I think we shouldn't discount uh, you know what we bring to the table. Um, so don't sell yourself short. But
0: um, yeah, man, continue. Well, I think please, I, I appreciate it, and I mean, I I think what I'm trying to say is like the imposter syndrome. So so far as I'm concerned, is like, you know, I don't think I was ever on a team. Right. I mean, and, and I guess maybe there were, there's exceptions here, but like, I don't think I was ever on any of the the better teams that I was on, you know, in rec and sort of advanced rec, if that's a thing. Um, I don't think I was ever on a team where I was better than maybe the third best player on that team. Right. right. Um, and here I am on a, on a podcast that's, that's dedicated towards talking about people who were and, and are sort of the future of the sport and, and, you know, the it, it's hall of fame. And I just don't think that I have any, any place in that sort of pantheon but as far as you know being sort of like a glue guy as, as the expression goes um for you know the sport as a whole they're there's sort of like a forest gump thing that i i think i did have a little bit of you know um you, you know my wife uh theresa um who played with us for a while and um you know an, until she finally was like all right I, I think i've done enough of this and that was after about seven or so years you know, she was a karaoke host um, at this this bar, <clears throat> excuse me this bar called the Gaslight, and that bar is sort of how these two people connected. One of whom was Danny Kennedy, an old teammate of mine, um, and Stu Contreras, who founded no- uh, Noda um, when he moved down to New Orleans. Oh, nice! Um, and so, you know, I don't know really. I, mean, I haven't talked to Danny in forever, although I, I see her on Facebook and. You know, Stu, I haven't talked to in a minute either, but, you know, there's these these little things that it's like, oh, there's that person and you had a, a connection with that person and that person did these things and these other people and you saw them do these things and you got to be there for it, right? And you got to see um, how these things started and, you know, it's been 10, 12, 13 years now. You get to see the uh, the real impact that some of the people you surrounded yourself with or were fortunate enough to be around um, got to have. And one of the things that I wanted to touch on, I was just talking to Teresa about this today is like, I looked to, uh, maybe it was yesterday. I looked at, um, my Facebook friends list with my high school class president. Um, and we have 65 friends in common. And then I looked at Costanza and he and I didn't really travel in the same social circles, right? Like we knew a ton of the same people because the guy ran the league, you know, but he and i had 350 facebook friends in common (laughs) and it's just like that was what it was for me there's this quote from from the the very end of fight club about you met me at a very strange time in my life and i think that's kind of what it was like i I had landed in la at 20 i think it was 27. you know I, i Teresa and i met not too long after i think it was two years later so i was like 29 when we met we were living in this place and i don't really think i had figured out what my identity was. I'd left New York and landed in in um, in LA and kind of was rebuilding my life a little bit. Um, I'd had some medical stuff happen in New York and that in part led me to move out to LA. And eventually, I think it was just like, I wanted some sort of identity. And the, the thing about that community was like, you could make it anything you wanted it to be. You know, I was not the young kid. I was not the you know, gifted athlete. I was not the super alternative person, right? I was like a nearly married, you know, old guy, but it was just this incredibly welcoming community. Um, and it just grew and grew and grew. Um, and here I am talking to you, you know, 13 years later, I think we played on one team together, you know,
1: I'm trying to remember, was that, um, was it the classic, I think?
0: Yeah, it was at some tournament. Um, and I remember, uh, what was that guy's name? Joe, I think. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't Japan think I ever is. saw or heard of him again after that. But you and me, and Joe, it was some random. Like I, I don't know if it was a draw tournament or if we were just kind of like someone picked up someone or I don't know what it was, but I think it was, a, was it a Poinsettia maybe uh, or Pan Pacific. I, I, I don't remember. I, I know we didn't do well. Um. And I know that. And um, I, I know that. As I mentioned, I was definitely nowhere near the, the uh the, the top two or three people on that team. <laughs> I remember handing off a lot of balls.
1: I'm trying to remember I think that was <clears throat> one of the classics. Um but you know, I, Joe really brought us down. I'll just say it was all his fault. So um
0: <laughs> <laughs> Joe, was it Alston? Is that right?
1: Uh no, it would be uh Joe Fernandez, right?
0: No, 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 no. Different Joe. Different oh, Joe. Well, well actually there's I, I think we take that back. Fernandez may also have been on that team. I don't remember. It's possible mm. that he was. But there was another James Austin, that's what it was. Okay. But was was Joe on that team? I don't remember. But then, you know, um, again, this is this sort of wide ranging conversation that's going to be interesting maybe to you, possibly to both of us. <laughs> but it is that sort of so I, I was in LA last week. It was my second time back there. Um I guess the history of that decision is ultimately uh Teresa and I decided the, the you know, at, at sort of the height of COVID that uh, our kid, who um, just put this out there, we have a, a kid with a pretty significant disability. We realized that LA was just not the right place to raise him anymore, um, and so we left. Um, you know, my, my, I grew up here in Western Mass. My folks are, you know, ten minutes from our house, um, so we moved back here. And um, this was my second trip back to LA just now, and so I was on a court um, in LA for the first time in forever, and I just remember standing there and thinking, how many hundreds maybe thousands of times have i stood on one of these courts um and it, it just it felt great but i also you know it also felt like a, a different life um and i think uh, that's a part of my message here as well is for folks who are still young enough to do it man you miss it when it's done
1: yeah and so so that's what um because you know we, we've been talking off and on trying to solidify time and, um, sure. seeing your picture of like, they always find a way to pull me back in. I was like, now, now I got to talk to them Yeah. because that's, I, I could say the same thing. You know, I, I thought I was done around this time last year and I got sucked right back in and, um, you know, having been overseas and doing my adventures and, you know, I talk to sure. some people and I say, you know, I, I treat every time I play on the court as it was, if this is going to be my last cause it very well could be. Um, knowing how much I'm going to miss it when it's done, because, um, it's just, there's so much more than just chucking a ball at someone and dodging one, you know, it's, it, it's everything. And, um, everything could include something as simple, like kind of what you said earlier about, um, you know, running to Stuart Contreras, who actually I talked to very briefly, uh, last year when we were looking at doing the uh, professional dodgeball thing. And so it's just funny how small this community really is and it and yeah. how um, certain lives kind of connect with each other and it, it could all just be on the whim of a decision to play dodgeball because what did you say earlier it sounded like a, a dumb thing so you might as well try it like it was that simple for you
0: yeah it was that sounds dumb enough that I'll try it one time yeah uh, just to say I did it and then again it was like you know one of the stories I always tell people um, who are asking about just how into dodgeball I was is you know I would uh, you know, I, I've, been, I've worked in technology, although there, that's a whole side conversation. But I've worked in technology since maybe 2000, actually it was about 99 now. Um, and so I had this, this IT job where I would travel a lot. And I remember very clearly, um, this is this is the team that I founded and captained for a long time in L.A. called Kenny Dodgers. Uh, this was in <laughs> West L.A. and um, at Stoner, uh, Stoner Rec. And I remember like, it just seems so ridiculous to me now, but like my, my management would try and schedule me t- you know, to go on these trips out of town. And there was, you know, I would, I would always like schedule them around our, our matchups. Like, all right, I can be gone for this team, but I can't be gone for that team. I got to be there for this. <laughs> and I remember very clearly being on a trip to bend Oregon and like, this was pre iPhones, right? So this is really crappy, like flip phones or whatever. So this is a long time ago. Um, and I, I very, very clearly remember like, jeopardizing my life, driving on a snowy road in Bend, Oregon, getting real-time updates from Danny Kennedy as to how we were doing in a playoff game against, <laughs> I think it was WGP, which was White Goodman's Posse, I think it was, named after the movie. I, I could be part wrong on that, but that was Dan Frazier uh, and, and Marcus Westbrook. Um, it was their team, and they were sort of like our, our nemesis back then. Um, but, yeah, uh, it, it it just it took over my life, you know? And, and that was with the knowledge that, like, oh, I'm never going to be as good as those guys, right? Like, that was – and I'm rambling, and you know, I'll do a lot of that. But I remember um, the first real tournament I went to was, it was over at UCLA. I don't remember the name of the tournament or what it was, but it was a team that um, that Vince was on uh with i think maybe daria was on it um who's a i don't think he ever played like competitively but he was really good and there were um, a bunch of guys who were very very good in la and they were all dressed up like i think either pirates or ninjas i can't remember which and it might have been both and just like oh i i don't know how to play against these people at all (laughs) like i've been i've been playing in rec leagues and i i thought that was i thought like every now and again you run into like someone who can throw hard but like these guys are doing things that like I can't even imagine. And so again, I was 33, like, you know, these guys were in their their early twenties and, you know, Vince is like throwing rockets and it was just like, Oh, this is, this is really cool. But like, I'm just not going to be that guy, you know? And that's fine.
1: Yeah. It's funny you mentioned, um, the importance of getting text updates. Um, if it makes you feel any better, um, when I was in the air force in my, and I'd be drilling with my unit and, um, in Fairfield, California, very far removed from what's going on in Phoenix. Um, sure. We would, I would always, It's it, to this day it still happens, like I'm, I'm always scheduled to be away during finals. And so um, I'd be there with my, my team the entire season, and then I'd be like, all right, guys, sorry, I got to, you know, do the Air Force thing. And um, the coolest thing um, would, would be like some of my teammates would give me updates, like um, Charles Schwery, I don't know if you remember him or ever ran into him. I know or, the name, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he would he would be the one that texted me. He'd be like, yo, buddy, we got another one. And it would be like our third championship in a row, fourth championship in a row. And uh, I don't know why, man, but that, that meant the world. Like, you know, I'm sitting out in the flight line, you know, with my buddies and we're loading cargo yep. planes and just, you know, doing something for the duty day. And uh, I got this like, you know, big... Crap-eating grin on my face, and, you know, my buddy my buddy's Sour and Kessler are asking, like, hey, what's what's going on, man? What's going on, Damon? What are you smiling at? And, I'm like, my dodgeball team just won, dude. And they're like, really? I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, we just won the playoffs. And they're like... And, and I couldn't tell if they were, like... I think the first time they were kind of joshing me, but, like, once they realized how into this thing I was, they, they started to, like, appreciate it. So, um, I, I bet we're not alone, man. I, I bet people... I, I mean, look at the Combine and Team USA. Like, I was going to say, yeah. I bet people take it seriously now. But uh, back then, I mean the hell do we know you know we had no idea what we were in store for as a community and what was uh, to come in the future but at that point in time it mattered and it was uh, it was great um, James Alston but, is from Oregon by the way that that was I right. wanted to, on the off chance he hears this but
0: <laughs> well I remember I remember again like you know it wasn't just like getting updates in terms of like hey we won the championship right this was I was getting Danny Kennedy to give me real-time updates on the phone as they're playing and I'm, and as I'm driving in the snow and like this, this, this was just like a playoff game. I don't even think it was the finals. I think it was just like the playoffs and, you know, but it was, again, you know, it just speaks to, um, to how big a part, uh, of of my life and in, in a lot of ways, you know, all of our lives, this was, I mean, I can think off the top of my head. I mean, I, Easily a dozen marriages that came out of dodgeball that you know that I know of, you know Not to mention I mean of course all the breakups and and Mm -hmm. everything else, but you know all of these things that happen um, this is a Man, I I wish I could dig up the article that I've read about this a million times, but there's a specific um, There's a reason right that uh, Everybody's best friend growing up lived within you know a couple houses of them, right or, you know, that your most meaningful friendships are essentially all made um, in, like, junior high and high school and, and those sorts of things. And um, I, I think this was in, like, the Atlantic maybe a decade ago, maybe 20 years ago. I don't remember. But it's it has to do with the nature of the interactions you have with people and the fact that in, like, in a school setting um, or, or, or similar or in a neighborhood, right, you have – frequent semi-random interactions with the same people over and over again right it, it's not you go into your job and you sit at your cubicle and that's it it's you go into the lunchroom or the, the cafeteria whatever you go into the cafeteria you sit down and there's the same couple of people at the same couple of tables close by and then you see them periodically over and over and over again for years right same thing happens you're in the same type of classes with certain people. And and that's how you build real long-term friendships, hmm. right? This sort of repeated semi-random interaction with people. And if you think about, you know, what it used to be in LA at least, right? Where you have, you know, matches of 20 on 20, um, for, for three hours. And people are having such a great time that they're sticking around to watch the other matches, whatever you have this incredibly ripe environment for building friendships, um, and that's what happened you know it was the perfect setting for that um and and that's what came from it you know and it 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 absolutely changed my life you know um i don't don't know what it would have been like if i were younger um uh but you know, that's why I'm, I am I spent so much time evangelizing. That's why I wanted to be a part of so many different things. I think at one point you and I talked about, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but I was, I was very eager to be a part of Ballastate because it was like finally someone is doing something for this community, right? They're doing it directly for this community, and they're not just doing something that's like organizing events, which is incredible, and all the enormous props in the world to, you know, Everyone who who does that hard work, you know the the Jake Masons and um you know again the the Costanzas and the the Knicks and the Joe and all I mean, there's too many people, and I've been out of it for too long. So anything I try and do is gonna ignore a ton of people. But those people all know who they are, and they all know that their contributions are incredible, right? And and they they're doing it for free, and that's insane. Um, you know the league managers, everything. I didn't even do any of that, right? Like I I was. But, you know, in the meantime, I was, like, lobbying the CEO of my company to try and sponsor Team USA. (laughs) And, like, I wasn't playing on it, you know. But I really wanted people to, you know, to do stuff like that because um, I I just, I valued that community so much.
1: It's weird what it makes you do. Like, um, and let's see if I can tie this back. I, I do appreciate you name dropping, like, uh, I forget the last name Ezra um, you had mentioned like a Dave Lindenbaum. Oh,
0: Dave Lindenbaum. Yeah, and, and Ezra Dubroff yep,
1: yep. Dubroff and you know, obviously I know Eric Aude, all day all
0: day all day and, and uh, <laughs> So and, do you want to tell the story about of, of, well I, I don't want to get in your way of, of adding to the name drop list because there's too many that I'll forget my memory is kind of a sieve. I mean, but someone has to tell the story of Eric a day on this podcast if if If, um, if nobody else before
1: let, let's we, we can do that but I, I do appreciate because it, it's like the me and me and Sergio like went to this podcast. Our biggest pivot, I guess, our biggest focus has always been pivot's not the right word. Our biggest focus has always been just legacy. Like someday, twenty, thirty years from now, um, should somebody want to listen to an episode, they'll they'll relive this in in some capacity. And um, I get really excited when I'm able to to go back to like the pre NDL or at least like the height of the NDL days and, and talk about some of these names because right now, obviously, you know, 10, 13 years removed are the, you know, the studs, the, the hotshots, the kids that have been playing since 16. They're 20. They're right. in their prime. They're, they're killers. Right. And And that's, right. that's fantastic. But there's, you know, I imagine with every sport, if you go back to like, you know, um, Brett Tillman's called it the barnstorming days. I'm baseball was just as crazy. You know, you had people, you had baseball teams living with each other, going on the road, like long before MLB became a thing. And it's so cool to, to have been able to experience that, but to be able to encapsulate it in a conversation that's recorded, that will hopefully be evergreen. Um, I love it, man. So, um, I, I
0: couldn't agree more, man. Like I, so I, I say this from 40 minutes away from the basketball hall of fame, right? The James Naismith, uh, a basketball hall of fame, right? These these were guys playing, um, you know, with with literally throwing a ball into a peach basket, right? (laughs) Um, a big part of why I want to have this conversation with you is to memorialize the, the, the peach basket people, uh, of dodgeball, whomever they were, um, and, and, you know, to give them a little bit of shine. I mean, um, I, it's not, you know, because every sport has to start with that. Um, my wife has a, um, a, a, I, we have a friend, I should say. His name is Malcolm, and he was in this movie Leatherheads. Uh, my wife's an actor, and, and they're both actors. Uh, they went to, to school together, but Malcolm uh, was in this movie Leatherheads, which is about like those sort of barnstorming days of American football, right, and what it was like all the way back then, and it's, it's kind of cool as dodgeball has its sort of lurching, slow progression towards legitimacy. I just noticed the Olympics are going to have flag football in, you know, 2028, I don't know how old I'll be when when dodgeball eventually does make it. I know that was always the goal for it, you know, to turn into something uh like that on that level. Um but yeah, it's 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 guys like us, <laughs> you know? Um more so me. I mean, you were you were there in the NDL days. My exposure to the NDL specifically was going uh like for no reason. I wasn't even playing, but going to I think it was an one NDL I don't even know what year it would have been. I mean, I I just, I was in a car with Tyler Greer and I was just like, I got nothing to do this weekend. I'm going to go watch the NDL, you know? Um, And I remember there was like pizza party was a team. I think Matt Nissenbaum was on that. Um, I I don't remember who else, but there were just all these just characters. Um, And, you know, so many of them, I'm sure at this point have, have left the sport completely and moved on. Um, But yeah, they, they, they made it what it is. You know, they, they set the stage for everybody else to do more. Um, it's fine. So go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, man. I was just going to talk for, for <clears throat> 30 seconds about Eric a uh, because someone has to do it. Yes. Um, and if, 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 why not have it be me a person who, maybe never spoke to him especially
1: (laughs) since we were talking about ndl like yeah this is perfect time he
0: was just like so so a would show up and again this is my team was like me trying to get random people through my wife's karaoke bar basically like that's how i was recruiting people and like meeting people at open gyms. like i didn't have any connections you know i was new enough to la that i was not bringing friends into dodgeball i was like leveraging whatever social networks i could find to bring in random people basically off the street um and building this team that went from i think like seventh and an eight team league to like fifth to third to i think we won once or twice maybe um over a couple of years and then the team eventually dissolved um but so i'm bringing these like innocent people <laughs> these, like you know <laughs> random people who were just trying to do karaoke the night before or a week before or something um and Aude would show up in this gym. He was inevitably and invariably in like bag, not not like baggy, but like just motorcycle boots um, and jeans. Uh, the boots definitely weren't baggy, but the jeans were sort of like, I don't know. He just looked like kind of like a, um, he looked like the the bad influence in like an eighties movie kind of, but like not eighties, but he just had that like bearing to him, you know, and he would show up on his motorcycle, always in a white t-shirt and the jeans and the boots. And he, he would just, just, I I don't, I mean, I'm sure that Vince and, and you know, that's sort of my reference point. I'm sure that those guys throw roughly um, as hard, probably significantly harder. I'm sure that Ketchum is absolutely throwing harder but there was something about this just – this look that Aude had on his face all the time that was just like, I, I'm here to kill people. Like <laughs> I'm just here to fuck people up. Pardon my French. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean there was, there was one girl who he hit in the face I think who was um, a friend of mine's like girlfriend or wife or something. And just – he just drilled her in the face you know, this girl who didn't know what she was doing and had no apologies. And she like stormed across the court and was trying to like hit him with this ax motion of like both hands. Like he, it it was just like, it was constant. And he was, he was the only player at that point who was really like that at least where we were. Um, and he was sort of legendary for it. And then he eventually, I guess, supposedly, um, accidentally smuggled heroin into Pakistan and ended up in a Pakistani prison for a while. And there was a story on like the independent discovery or whatever, like the ID networkers. I don't know. Things things kind of derailed for, for me in terms of my understanding of it after dodgeball. But he was just an incredibly intimidating, glowering presence across the court. The, the court. Just this malicious, like, I, I'm here for blood, dude. Um I don't know. How's that how's that match up with your recollection?
1: I was, I was you got all of it. <clears throat> um I was gonna ask if you'd seen Stranger Things, uh sure. season three, Billy. He reminds me of Billy a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, but angrier and not redeemable um than I know of. <laughs> but well yeah. the
0: funny thing is he and I were never Facebook friends. My friend Richard Crouch, uh, and my friend Jason Lord, who were on Kenny Dodgers with me. Um, they, I guess, became friends with him outside, like and they went and played poker with him and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And, uh, I would hear stories about like the, the poker games and whatever. Um, but he and I were never friends or friendly. We weren't, I, I don't think I registered for him. Um, so it wasn't that either. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Like sort of an, eighties, uh, like John Hughes movie villain. <laughs> um, and in, in almost That's every perfect. way. And then, so anyway, the, the. The thing that i now know um is he he's like still in my facebook uh um like suggested friends and i think a lot of his profile is very public and so he's now like he now spends his time rescuing animals which is like good for him (laughs) it's amazing he's like you know everybody has a redemption story i guess um so that's what he does and good for him again there's a lot of people i know who are in the uh animal rescue uh world and and a lot of them i met through dodgeball so uh, oh I, I didn't see that as Day's path, but good for him that he he came there eventually.
1: I, I did not either, and um, <laughs> I guess I have this image of him with his his hair and his like cut off jeans and his denim jacket, just holding like a baby lamb or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Freaking. it's puppies. I actually genuinely do think it's puppies, but like again, you know, upstairs I have a a um, you know, shout out to Anita Chow right now. Um, I, she is the reason I have the last of, of what was originally three dogs. Um, but my dog squeaks is upstairs. She was a, um, foster fail, um, that, uh, we took in. Um, she was a stray that Anita's friend found in a park and her friend couldn't keep her. And so we ended up with this dog and, um, we tried to give her to Marie, uh, Facebook Marie Schlausfein. uh, that's not a real name um she did not want she was not able to take her in we tried a couple other people and then Johnny Ibram explained to us what happens to black pit bulls if you bring them into a shelter in Los Angeles and the likelihood that that dog may end up in a either being put down or in a fighting ring and so that dog is still here with us and again you know lots of people in in the uh the the animal rescue world there and um you know even even in that little story dodgeball plays a part
1: <laughs> i um uh... <clears throat> One of these days I'm gonna sit down and think about every major life relationship or influence that was a result of dodgeball. And um, you know, I will say Eric did have one moment where I did feel bad for him. And that was he was hellbent on becoming a professional dodgeball player for the NDL Pro League, which I don't know what the bar was other than if you show up, there's a good chance you're gonna make it. Because <laughs> and if you if you show up and you're willing to like ref not play and then set up, you know, trash cans with two by four courts. And, um, I remember one time it was like, I think 2010 year. Um, and, and he just had like this meltdown. Like he, in, in front of all of us pros, right. We're like we're doing our, uh, I don't even know what it I think Ed was trying to like hype us up for the, the season and, um, he just interrupts everything and he's like, I have been coming here and trying out and putting my heart out in this court year after year after year. And, you know, I don't know what makes any of you different from me, but I don't understand why I just, I can't get a chance and, um, why no one will, will stick up for me. And I actually felt bad. I was almost compelled to say something, but like, you know, the mom mentality I chickened out, um, cause every, all of us were just silent listening. Um, right. Cause we didn't really, I, don't, I hate to say it now. I actually feel really bad still. Like we didn't want to associate with him because, you know, we still thought something was going to come from this. And, uh, just hurt mentality. And it's actually something that bothers me now that I think about it and talking about it out loud. Cause I did want to seek out for him, Cause it's like, everybody deserves to be redeemed in my eyes. Um, you know, well, some people just really mess it up and they don't, but for the most part, um, especially something as trivial as the, you know, fourth season of the national Dodge League Pro uh, season. So, right. um, I, I feel like maybe that and spending time in a Pakistani <laughs> jail might've like opened his eyes a little bit. So,
0: well, I'll tell you, I mean, that actually touches on something that's that's particularly, you know, as I, I've lived a couple different lives, I think, right? Like I had my normal life up until I was uh, 26, 27, and I had the first of what would be a, a, a several years of, of seizures, actually. Um, totally controlled with medication right now. I haven't had one in over 15 years. Um, but that that really set, you know, sort of, that changed my life significantly. And I'm, I'm thinking right now, Mike Davies, Michael Davies, I should say, and um his cancer which was far more serious uh and and more significant in his life but you know that kind of thing will change you right um and it wasn't much after that that i actually moved to la um and that started that period right i was 27 when i had the seizures and i think i was in uh la within two years and you know a couple years later i was starting to play dodgeball right and that was sort of like the dodgeball chapter of my life. And, and by the way, I'm totally like ignoring the fact that that's also the period of time when I met my wife and, you know, really started my life and a lot of other things. But there was this chapter where dodgeball was a really defining characteristic of all of it, right? And then the next part is, you know, having our kid, right? And that changed everything. It does for everybody. But when you have a kid with special needs, as we do, um, it really it, – it's it's almost impossible to express to anybody who's not lived this life um what that does to your perspective and what it does to mine is um i don't look at people quite the, i mean there's still the piece of me and I, i've done it even on this this conversation right where you you do just judge a book by its cover right like Aude day was this and therefore he's that and i'm going to make judgments on, on people based on it right but you start to think about everybody it's just like the the the, the summation of their their nature and their nurture and their experiences and you know you just don't know what a person's life has been like or or what's led them to become who they are and it it, it grants you a much different perspective you know i i I think a lot about the judgments that people will have for my kid i mean i think about this all the time um when he gets to you know the age at which i was starting to judge people which you know we we do when we're you know i mean in elementary school i mean and, and he is but um you know, we, we do certainly as we get older and, and people, you know, start to impact things. And I know that I did that when I played dodgeball, right? Like I judged people for everything, whether it was their skill level or it was, you know, how they interacted with other players. There was always like the weird guy or the this or the that or whatever. And those are some of the biggest regrets that I definitely have, right? Like I was so caught up in the competition of it. And that's, that's even more sort of silly at this point in light of both the the much more serious things that i've encountered in my life before and since um and and also when you realize you know with perspective that like this was this wasn't even like really competitive touch ball, right this right. wasn't like this wasn't even you know the ndl pro league right this was you know a- every season you just reset and start over with a different team like who who cares right but you care about the things that you care about at, at, at a given time. Um, and so anyway, I, I think the the thing that I try and – I try to learn and, and remind myself of all the time because that very judgmental person is still in me is I try to always question those things. Because to your point, like who, who the hell knows what made Eric the way that he was? But he I, – I, I suspect he's probably really not that bad a guy, you know? Right. Um, but I definitely – had a, a view of him that, that, you know, sort of treated him that way. Um, as, as did a lot of other people to be fair.
1: Yeah. And it's, it, I like that you say that we all have that, that judgy default or that, um, attribute or characteristic about us. But like, um, it's funny as I was, I was even thinking about it, um, on my run this after this evening, I was like, man, I really, really trying hard to better understand where people are coming from. And I forget what what triggered that thought because it was just so random, but, um, I guess when you're, when you're running to you think of all kinds of stuff and, um, yeah, like everyone's going through something and I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember like where or when it, it dawned on me to, to start to stop like invalidating other people's feelings based on how I feel. Like, right. you know, when people say like, Oh man, I've been, I'm tired. You know, I slept four hours and then the natural response is like, Oh, why well, slept one hour? Like I'm more like, it's always a comparison and I, am so bad at that. And, um, right. you know, I'd probably even do it on the podcast and I, I don't mean to. And, um, one of the things that I've been trying to work on for the past five or six years is just stop dismissing people's feelings. And I, I'm wondering if maybe talking to people for hours and hours on end from all over the, all over the U S and some of the world, like not, not definitely not as well versed as Sergio is. I wonder if that's like kind of helped me a little bit, but also all my experiences in the military and just realizing like, we're all very complicated folks. And um, when you actually like sit down and chat with somebody for, you know, more than 30 minutes or so, you really get to know them. And you realize like, yeah, there's a reason why this person acted this way. Like there's, um, there's one individual I'll, I'll just, uh, I don't know if I call, want to call him out. There's one guy who is notorious for being brutal and like, when you listen to his episode, you understand him a lot more like, oh, I understand that. Like most people like were picked on and that's why they have this certain like aspect about them. But when you actually sit down and chat with them, they're, they're pretty reasonable people. Um, that's, that's the hope I continue to bring, or at least that's the hope I bring. And I hope I continue to bring when uh, talking to these folks. So, um, But I'm still not going to let go of the, uh, the John Hughes 80s villain for, for yeah. Eric God Day though. That's... <laughs>
0: That's I mean, it's good. look, you know, we, we, to the to the same extent, right? We are all ultimately human, and we are all ultimately allowed to be a little bit uh, uncharitable at at moments in our lives. You know, it, it's it's okay to do that. I mean, and the 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 physical description certainly matched, and he certainly did represent a certain thing. I think what I feel worse about are all of these, and you know, I'm like. I'm not a particularly imposing physical specimen right like particularly now you know i'm i'm forty seven um you know and huge shout out to dave Benedetto by the way um and and a, a parenthetical I think he and I are currently not on speaking terms which i think is my fault actually um so hi to dave uh, i i we should catch back up sometime but um but nevertheless um, the thing that I always felt worse about as you know even though I'm what Six feet, probably like 190 or something at this point, 195 even. I, there were always these sort of squirrely kids on, on the dodgeball court or whatever. And I just I, – I i would sort of like really take way too much out on those people. And it really would like bother me in some weird way. Um, and it made, it made and makes no sense, right? It's like these are people who are just coming out to play a game. Right at this level, particularly, these are just people who are out here trying to have fun, and I'm like, I, I need to teach this person a lesson about coming onto this court. And it's like, <laughs> who who am I? Like, yeah. so the odd day thing is like one thing, and it's sort of you know, he to some extent did bring it on himself, but someone else who's just like, you know, some you know lightweight kid who's there for the first or third or fifth time and and trying to learn how to play a game like. I don't know. Those are some of the moments that uh, I'm least proud of in in my quote unquote career as a as a dodgeball player. Um, You know, the the sort of like, okay, I get to set the line of uh, who's good enough to be here. Right.
1: Yeah. Judge, jury and executioner.
0: Exactly. (laughs) And I mean, you know, I did have a a, there, there was like a corollary to that. And I don't know why I'm thinking of this specifically. There was I think there was a day when you I don't know if it was the same day, but Uh, This was a WeHo match. It was like, I think I was subbing or something. And I think you were there. And I remember it was like, oh, Steve's here. I like Steve. I'm going to just go after Steve the whole night. Yeah, I
1: remember that, man. You came after me like nonstop. (laughs) Like, what the hell, dude? (laughs) I know.
0: (laughs) I have no idea. Like, it was just like, there was something about that that like, this is how I'm going to be like friendly with people who I don't really know that well. But like, I don't know. Like, You know, one thing about me, I guess, I I, when when I had that first uh, round of seizures, I basically had to quit drinking, and so a lot of my ability, or or you know, a lot of what other people do, right, is immediately after dodgeball, you're going to go and you're going to go to the bar and have drinks. But like, I wasn't really going to have drinks, right? And so I would go sometimes, but really for me, everything that happened was either directly on the dodgeball court or in like social stuff that happened completely external to dodgeball, but with dodgeball people, right? Like barbecues at people's houses, that kind of thing. But so for me, it was like, if I'm not engaging with you while I'm playing, then I'm not engaging with you, period, because you're going to go do your thing and I'm going to go do my thing. And so hmm. that was for me sort of my means of like, I like you. I'm going to throw the ball at you as much as I can. <laughs> it It sounds irrational when I say it, but that was what that was about. But the other part of that very uh, weird story is that I remember maybe it was the same day Glenn Speicher was there, uh, Speicher. And I remember just going after him for, like, the whole time. And I I remember in in listening to the Michael Davies uh, episode the other day, he was talking about how great Glenn is. And he absolutely is. And I remember just, like, for some reason, I decided to go after Glenn for a whole night. (laughs) And Glenn eventually was just, like, just – he was just – if Glenn remembers who I am, he he was very, very over it uh, with me by the end of that night. And he just – I mean – he just kind of turned it around. And was like, all right, now I'm just going to f- just destroy you for a while. <laughs> but like, that was, I don't know. That was what was fun. You know, it was either like pick on people who aren't my own size or try and go at the people who are at least as good or significantly better and see if I can level up. That was kind of, I think what I, when I did it well, that was what I was trying to do.
1: I like how you, you cause I, 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 found myself doing that too. Like, I don't, I'm not going to interact with you cause, uh, I'm very not social, <clears throat> um, after league or open gym these days anymore um and maybe subconsciously you know if i go after someone it's like it's like me saying hello and instead of talking to you like a regular human being i'm just gonna gun for you yeah. and enjoy those moments of oh you caught me or you got me out or vice versa but thank you for explaining I, I remember like that and i'm like man dad's really freaking got it out for me did i like leave him on red or something like what the hell because <laughs> you were just uh You were a force, man. I was actually wondering if I was going to bring that up if you would remember, but I'm glad you did because- Oh,
0: I totally remember. No, like that was was a (laughs) thing that I would do with like lots of people who, you know, I didn't really have the, because it's, I just think it's such a weird, like almost parasocial relationship that you have with people in this dodgeball world, or I'm saying a lot of things in the present tense that I'm not sure necessarily true anymore. There is this weird thing I'll say, this is sort of a derail, but like- I still have these hundreds of Facebook friends from Dodgeball, you know, random people who like subbed on a team of mine 11 years ago, right? And like, why am I still following them? I'm sure they're not paying any attention to anything that I'm saying, but you still have these relationships, right? And they're even weirder now, but even back then, it's like, this is someone who I don't really know, but I need to have them on as a Facebook friend so that I can add them to a team or they can add me to a team. And those are, that's the extent of the relationship. But then you see them on a court and it's like, well, what do you do? Like... Do you, like, isn't the, the point of the game to throw something at them, right? Like, yeah. so that was how I would do it. And, um, it's funny to me. Um, and a, a little bit, um, I don't say alarming, but concerning to realize that other people might not have gotten the fact that that was entirely affectionate for me. That was just like, I like you and therefore I'm going to throw at you.
1: This is how I show and... love.
0: <laughs> What's that?
1: This is how I show affection and love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, 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 uh, I think I, I'm for some reason thinking of Joe Fernandez too. I think I did the same thing to him before he was in LA, Um, you know, in LA permanently um, or at least at the time. But yeah, I just, that was like, that was my way of saying like, Hey, I like you enough to throw at you. And I never cared if someone caught the ball from me. I just like that was the extent of the interaction, right? Like what's, what else are you doing there? You know? <laughs> yeah. Hmm
1: because it just goes back to maybe we'll revisit Odd day one last time. It just goes back to like, you don't really know what's what's going on in someone's head. Like something. Yeah. Like,
0: you didn't know what's going on in mine, right? Yeah.
1: Like you just, uh, and then you find out, Oh, okay. It, it was a totally to not upset him in, in some way. And then obviously we, we've talked since then. So I'm like, okay, well maybe he just wanted to show me up or something. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just funny. Cause again, um, yeah, people are complicated and they, People are just they're just different, I guess. And um going back to the Hall of Fame, um, and I like what you mentioned about um I might use this, might still list in the future, the peach basket people. Yeah. The uh the the Hall of Fame was like uh probably so when I was in um uh, Georgia for uh branch signal officer leader course, um we had I think it was like a three-day pass, Fourth of July week weekend, and we were, um, yeah, we are just in Atlanta, and we just so happened to like we toured like the CNN building, and then just on a freaking whim, we're like, oh, there's this like college football Hall of Fame. Let's let's check this out. And I remember like going through it with, with my buddies then, and I remember just like staring at this like random dude's uh, jersey, and this jersey is probably from like the twenties, thirties, like way, way, way back in the day. And, um, I, I remember like th- we had done one season of the dodgeball podcast. This was with Brett and Steve. And so we did like our quick 20, 15, 20 minute episode blurb, just like a, you know, a, a, not even so much a who's who, but what's what of dodgeball. And, uh, we were done at that point. So it'd already been like a year since that ep- that season had aired. And, um, so it'd been on my mind kind of just stewing back there. And I remember like looking at this dude's jersey and I forgot his name, but I I might've taken a picture of it. But I remember just thinking like, man, for like, for this moment in time, I'm thinking about this dude who probably passed away like 40 years ago. And like for this one second, it's like he's alive again through through me, which is really weird. But it was like this weird like spiritual feeling that I had. And um, all of a sudden just started thinking of like, like as you would put it like the the peach basket people of dodgeball because in 2017 dodgeball was still was was looking pretty good it it had come a long way like i think usa dodgeball was like on the verge of happening elite was um gaining massive momentum um like dodgeball at that point had come a long way when you look back at like the ndl uh los angeles dodgeball society you know days and i just remember like man this could be a way to like capture that similar to like what I'm doing with this guy because there's so many amazing stories and people and characters that in, in a sense like maybe not actively paved the way for Dodgeball as it is now but you know that their participation like helped build the the arena for other people to come like you know if if a league wasn't there Joe Coella wouldn't have played or Jake yep. Mason wouldn't have played or yep. you know dare I say the influential people that have gone on to actually elevate the sport so it's like their their presence helped in some way and so to be able to like I said like crystallize that was like I think like the next day I went to the PX and bought like a, a crappy little mic and started like writing a script I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna do this but I definitely have to start this with like you know Eric Tillman's like one of the OGs yeah. of OGs to, to get this going and um I'm so glad I did man and like that's it's kind of why I was, like, really looking forward to this one, because I knew we, we would talk about things that aren't the typical, like, oh, well, what's your favorite uh, elite team, or what is your number, and why? And, and I'm not, like, more making fun of myself, like.
0: No, know, but I think that there's, first <clears throat> of all, there's there's absolutely and should be a place for that, right? Like, I, I had my brief dalliance with that with um, with Tyler's, uh, uh, was it the Dodgeball Tribune, right? Like, I helped edit that for a while, because, right. you know, to me, it was like, look, I, I never... You know I, I was barely at any of those events whether as a spectator or otherwise I didn't know the the majority of these people but like you know I had a career in journalism for a, a good long while that's kind of wheelhouse stuff for me and I could make that little thing better in my own little way um when I was not gonna be on one of those teams right um so you know contributing in some small small way to um you know you know lifting up those people who, in the, the rest of their life or are, you know, furniture designers or, you know, uh people in event planning or whatever, but giving them this thing where it says, no, no, you matter in a different way, right? Yeah. Like your your life isn't what your job is. You are this, you know, this great dodgeball player, right? And I've always been fascinated, by the way, by uh about that part of it, right? The fact that like, you know, you have these people, particularly, I mean, I think LA is almost unique in this because people come there for such different reasons than they go to a lot of different cities. Um and so the 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 range of people that were involved in the sport from a sort of professional standpoint, so weird. Like such such a, a crazy mix of, of different occupations. Um but you are just judging them and I want to use that word very carefully, but your 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 only real perception of these people is really based on how they perform on a dodgeball court. You know, um, and it, it it you sort of abstract out all of the other stuff, um, which again is, is is a huge part of all of this for me, right? Like just the the dodgeball for its own sake. Um, but someone has to be out there, you know, writing down the box scores too, and and you know remembering who these people were um, as competitors beyond just you know the people who allowed them to get to the point where there was competition if that makes sense
1: yeah um you quoted fight club earlier and i did you reminded me of so two things when you said um when you play dodgeball in the dodgeball community the dodgeball you know universe what do you want to call it like you matter for more than just your job and it reminds me of um when the narrator's saying, um, uh-huh. was it like Ricky was some idiot that couldn't remember your coffee order, but he was a god in the ring? Like, do you remember that? Yep. That—that's what that reminds yeah. me
0: of. Like, you are not your—and I'll bleep it—but you're bleeping khakis. Yeah, I yeah. remember.
1: I, so that—that's. Uh, I mean, you know, we're all uh, in various career fields, and, and some are just getting started, some are established. Like, it, it's pretty wild. I imagine if we were to to flip the script, so to speak, and instead of looking at like. Um, First person comes to mind is Shoda from I think Atlanta, amazing dodgeball player, very, very you know trending on Facebook so to speak, at least on yeah. my feed. But you know what does he do in the in the in the real life in the, in the civilian world? And then um, if you just do that across the board and start looking at them through like we have a bunch of accountants here, we have a bunch of like um, yeah. you know all these all these various folks, and um, it's just crazy because like for three hours a week, some are you know collectively two weeks out of the year, you know, they're, they're big names. And that's, you know, that's a feeling that, um, I, I I don't know if you get that anywhere else. Like, you know, if you look at softball, pickleball, um, volleyball, all these like recreational leagues, um, I feel like the path to the path from beginner to, I guess in our own right, you know, dodgeball celebrity or dodgeball champion is, is, actually not that um hard to obtain if that makes any sense at all like you like you become a personality fast i think if that makes sense
0: yeah i i I i definitely definitely do i mean i think that the fight club um metaphor is really apt if you think about it i mean it is this sort of underground thing i mean especially when you're talking about you know like kenny cox and you know the the like
1: uh, underground garage, dodgeball
0: yeah. in, the, in parking garages like i always thought that was just like completely wild i mean at least you know in la like when i was introduced to it it was like i mean you're in a gym you know um but like trying to explain to people that no 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 like they, yeah these guys they play with like an 8.5 inch ball and like really mangle each other in a parking garage it was always hard for me to like explain to people um and you know they, you know i've shown so many people um I don't know if he knows this i i, I mean I, i've known vince a long time we're but we're not I, I wouldn't call us close friends but um you know i uh i've shown that one headshot of him just annihilating that one kid i think at ndl yeah. i don't know what year it was maybe it's 2000 it, it's like if you search on youtube for vince headshot yeah this, it's this, this one kid's head exploding basically yep, i've seen that one that was always that was always the <clears throat> one thing that i would go to and be like so no this is what i i'm playing when i say i'm playing dodgeball like i'm not doing this don't don't get me wrong but this is what the people i'm playing with can do um and that was the thing that would get people to be like oh i'm not i'm not laughing anymore (laughs) like (laughs) i I, okay i get it um
1: there's a i'm sorry
0: sorry no no i was i was just going to add to that that essentially yeah i mean with within the sort of professional ranks If if you want to say that that's what you know, USA dodgeball is now, um, or what used to be elite. um, You know, within there, there's there's these sorts of names and and um, this sort of celebrity that you develop. But it happens also on that much uh, uh, lower sort of rec level. You really have you you develop a a personality and a, a character and a reputation within the sport really fast. You become a person who gets respect. Or who's, you know, sort of class clown or, you know, is a great catcher um, or a great this or whatever. And those things really happen fast and become these cool, like defining characteristics. And when you go to, to your, I don't know, to your job at the grocery store the next day, you're still an incredible catcher, right? And like you get to bring that with you. And that's pretty fucking cool. Pardon my French again. Oh, good, man.
1: I remember, um, when I was overseas, somebody had shown me, uh, it was, it was basically Vince's highlight reel of him just destroying people. And it opens up with him suiciding, uh, my friend Tina. And, um, it's like, like, I don't think it was meant to be malicious, but it just shows like the intensity of dodgeball and people would reach out to me and they'd be like, Hey man, do you know this guy? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's Vince Marchbanks. Like I've, I've played against him for years. I, that's Tina. Right. She's one of my best friends. Like I, I am friends with these people and they'd be like, no way. Cause at, you know, they see like the, the thousands of views. And I'm just like, that's actually really freaking cool. Like people that have nothing to do with dodgeball in a completely different environment are recognizing dodgeball. Like it's, it's starting to circulate now, which is is such a cool thing to see, but it's also like yeah, no, me and, um, Vince, dis- you know, he designed one of my, uh, rec league logos once upon a time, or, you know, we, I've talked to him on the podcast a few times, or, you know, all these people, he's just like destroying, just like, you know, that guy, know, that girl know that guy, it's, it's, it's such a cool yeah. feeling.
0: Well, the, um, the person, the woman who designed my, so I, um, I, when I, when I left, uh, L.A., um, I had a, a dodgeball-sized hole in my life to fill and I couldn't just fill it with my family. And so I started this, this creme brulee business, right? Like that was – and to some extent, there was a little bit of like – I think there was a little bit of ballast day in the background there. It was like I'd been sort of – I'd noticed that like you'd managed to pull off this entrepreneurial thing. And I was like I kind of always wanted to do something like that and I, I sort of had a thing in my head about like – you know, Steve did that thing and that was cool that he did it. And here's the thing that I could do. So anyway, I did it. But the point of this digression is that Alexis Lowry, uh, now Alexis Dissler, um, who was on those early teams in West LA with me, she designed the logo for my Crembro LA, which is um, a business that uh, my wife and I own out here and, and have been kind of growing. Um, and actually, we were going to bring a bunch of product out to, uh, to Boston this year. Uh, couldn't quite manage to do it, but might do it next year. Yes. Uh, but but the point is like you, yeah. It's it's these people also do other things in their lives, you know, um, and and you you know them through the one thing, but over time you get to know them in the other things, and you know the incredibly talented people who are out there. You know, Joanna Munoz as a as a graphic designer. Um, you know, I I could go down the list. I mean, I was with Nevin Densham, who was one of the first people I ever really saw play. He was who. Kind of forced me to go and play this past weekend, um, or I'm sorry, l- last week in LA. But you know, the him and Nina and these incredibly talented uh, uh, screenwriters and whatever. I I think that the the thing that blossoms out of dodgeball again is this: like you meet these people on the court, and that is great in and of itself. And they get to take with them those those characteristics, as whether they're an arm or whether they're a catcher or incredibly like you know the the Giovinco's or whomever who are these incredible like acrobats, whatever. But then, again, it, it kind of expands out into that part, like so that the dodgeball piece touches into their their everyday in a way. But then their everyday comes back into Dodgeball, and you start to get to know these people as people. Um, and then they become your social circle, and then they become your whole social life, <laughs> which is I don't know. it's just such a such an interesting thing.
1: It really is. And you know, I'm glad you started this um, with like you had a dodgeball size hole in your heart. Um, when you left LA, cause that's, that's always one of my, um, last questions when I'm interviewing people, it's like, you know, what does life, what does life look like after dodgeball is there life after dodgeball. Right. And it's like, you know, I'm usually talking to, you know, some kid or, or somebody that's clearly got, you know, a good five or six years left before they really start to maybe decline or, you know, throughout their twilight of their career. Right. Cause I'm always curious. Cause it's, it's like, what, like I asked that question because I'm trying to get and gather ideas for what I'm going to do when this is over with.
0: Because it's well, first of all, my whole career was the twilight of my career. Um, that's the important <laughs> thing to start with, right? Like, you know, um I, I'm going to do my 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 level best to name drop a, a couple of other people in here. And you know, I was I was around when Xander was just you know Christina's kid, right? um And was like just hanging out before they would actually let him play. And now he's like, you know, I don't know if I'll say a, a, an emerging superstar or a full on superstar, whatever. But I mean, I have. You know, my brother's kids are Xander's age. And like, there's no way in the world that I would have felt comfortable just like hanging out with my nephews in the way that I sort of did with Xander uh, a, a little bit, right? Like, I'm hmm. like, you know, at that point, I was like 40 or something. And he's like, you know, 17. My nephews are, you know, the same age. Um, hmm. But there is that sort of that equalizing thing that the dodgeball did for you, right? Like, yeah. you know, you're just, you're all the same age when you're playing right um anyway so what is dodge what's life after dodgeball i mean uh let's see well first of all i um started i i think i was like almost at my best when i hit about 40 41 like i was i could still throw really hard i i kind of learned how to like whip the ball better and throw a much better curve i i was still throwing about as hard as i ever could around 41 but that's when i started breaking things um or spraining things like fingers and whatever and i started feeling my knees start to like do weird little like if you had gone another half an inch in this direction that was going to be it for this knee right and that happened enough that i started to get a little bit cautious and so i spent a bunch of time um healing up for various injuries. But what actually kind of did me in was, um, I was playing in, I think it was the WeHo Halloween tournament and out of nowhere, um, you know, that like the thing that Spider-Man does, uh, where he, when he's putting like the two fingers down for the webs, right. Mm -hmm. And like the, the webs come out, but he's got like three fingers up. Yep. So when I would release a ball, those two fingers would stay down in that sort of Spider-Man, like web shooter pose and I would have to physically pry them back up oh, The geez. the tendon wouldn't release or ligament or whatever it was. Um, and so I, I like that happened a few times during that tournament. And then I was like, okay, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to play anywhere. So I took a couple months off. I think it was like three months cause Halloween. And then the next time I really played, uh, was at sin city? And that was the last sin city I was able to play in. I was on the, the sporty over 40 team. Um, uh, you know, collectively about 600 years of experience um, and it it happened again. So I spent almost the entirety of that Sin City unable to throw. I was just like in a corner pump faking and we actually, for a team of a bunch of old people, I think we actually did reasonably well, but like, it was just like, all right, I think I'm kind of done. Like, I don't know what else I'm going to be able to do. Like, you can't, I'm not going to be, I remember when Ish Blanco had like broken his uh, right arm and learn to play left-handed and I'm just like that's not me like I'm not I'm, I'm done you know like that's just not gonna happen um, so anyway uh, I, I was at that um, that Sin city and I think that was not long after that that COVID hit um, and I had decided to have like one final farewell season because right like you know I think uh, Sin City's in January and so I'd signed up for one more West Valley season and I remember sitting there on the sidelines, thinking, "This is going to be my farewell season. I don't know if I'll even be able to play every game." But I'm on this team, and it was a weird thing, too. By the way, um, this is not quite the life after dodgeball. This is life as dodgeball starts to go away. Um, it went from I'm picking team, like I, I'm new to this sport completely, to and this is you know early early 2010s, um, but building a team and then getting known as someone who, within the circles I played, was pretty good and good enough to captain a team. And then good enough to get on other teams, and these are like the bunch of you know the the weho teams that I was on with like Corey Fajerski and obviously Joanna Munoz and um, a, a ton of other people, Nevin and you know, but like good enough that I was able to be on those teams, Marco Franzita and you know all those folks, um, and so I had a, a, I, I got good enough to be on those teams and on teams that were towards the uh, the the top of the the rec leagues in which I was playing. But then what happens is you start to hit the slide where you want to be on those teams. And I used to talk about how dodgeball got much clickier. And it got to a point where it was like, oh, I'm actually starting to have to beg to be on teams. Hmm. And that is really hard. Like, it's really hard to feel that, like, okay, it's hard to even get onto a team now, right? But I'd managed to get onto one with, uh, I think it was, like, uh, Aaron Michelle Gabbard and um, I think... uh, Paul Wilhite was on that team. I'm trying to remember who else was on that. I mean, it was they had a whole like, crew of people. The O'Briens, uh, at least one of the O'Briens. I think it was Chris. Maybe it was David. But it was a bunch of people I'd been playing with uh, on and off as well. And so I was very happy to be on the team. But I also knew that this was probably going to be it for me. Um, and um, it was a physical thing. It was like, I'm good with that. You know, my body's done. And then COVID hits. And I remember sitting in the gym and it was just like oh this uh i i don't really want to have my hand on those balls at all like i can't throw and i'm giving myself some time to rest up before i try and play again but this this covid thing whatever it is you know this is the first week or two of that season before they they shut everything down i don't think i want to i don't want to play and it was about a week two weeks later that that dodgeball ended you know and maybe i guess it was probably like march and by october of that year i was out here um maybe a year and a half after that two years after that i played in a couple leagues out here and it was like okay i've still kind of got it like i can still kind of play with a bunch of people in the pioneer valley uh, dodgeball league um elijah sears is out here um and i was like all right i can kind of do this but like i still think i'm gonna like you know, it's going to be an Achilles or it's going to be a, an ACL or something. And I've got a kid who needs me. And like, I can't, can't really take those risks anymore. Yeah. Um, it's not just really about me. Um, you know, even if it's not, even if like, Oh, my wife can handle our kid. It's like, well, then that means I'm not. And that's pretty terrible. Um, so to the actual question of life after dodgeball, I mean, certainly family, right? Like that is the single most important thing. And, that drives everything else that happens in my life and work, and that comes in. Um, but yeah, for me, it was this business. It was this this little entrepreneurial business, and I poured my a huge amount of time into it. Um, Teresa has as well. I, I certainly put in more, but you know she's done a ton. We built a crew of people. We have you know we've sold I don't know 50,000 jars of creme brulee to uh, a, 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 you know a New England wide audience of people. Nice. Um, and I think it it fills the same <clears throat> kind of space and um, provides the same sort of sense of community in a different way. You know, we sell a lot of product at farmers markets and and various different events, and you get to know the other vendors and you start to build some sense of community there. And it's not the same. It's not, you know, I, we've talked a lot about like writing a um, you know like sort of a a, a screenplay like a like a um, Spinal Tap or Best in show, like a Christopher Guest mockumentary about farmer's markets is, is a thing that should happen as, as there should be a, like a real in-depth thing about dodgeball that is not the movie. Um, but it's a different kind of community. It's not the same, um, but I'm not the same as I was when I was really fully enveloped in dodgeball, ensconced, you could even say, Steve. <laughs> nice. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's hard. It honestly is. Like it's – I really miss it. I I really, really do. And like every time I think like, oh, I could go back and I could start again, it's like Dave Benedetto is a unique, unique individual. You know, George from uh, um, L.A. uh, I don't remember his last name, but George who was like – I think he was older than Dave and was still going. But like that guy was a physical specimen too in a way that I just am am not. Um, It's hard. Uh, I, I wonder a lot. And and I don't know if I'm giving like way too long an answer to this question, but I think about how hard it is for a guy like me, for whom it was really just like an outlet and a social thing and whatever. And then I think about the folks like um and, and I'm I'm taking nothing away from anybody here, but like the guys who are really, really good, you know. Um I've mentioned him a hundred times here, so I'll just say Vince again, for example, and I know that there's the circumstances of his at least having taken a step back from dodgeball are, are, are very unfortunate. Um and and I totally understand why he would want to and that it may have spoiled dodgeball in a lot of ways for him. And, uh, but I think when so much of your life has been consumed by being, you know, close to the best, um, you know, Nate Kreider's another of those guys and obviously my focus is very LA, you know, I think of like Eric Radke who was on all those, you know, those Doom teams or or Ish Blanco or whatever. And I it's like You know, this was like an escape for me, but it wasn't what it was for those guys. And a lot of them have started to move on. And I wonder what it's like for them, you know, given how hard it is for me and my limited, uh, you know, by comparison experience.
1: Yeah, Uh, that's especially now when the world stage is beyond the Tarkanian Academy in in Las Vegas. You know, it's it's people are watching and it's, it's a big deal now. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool watching cause we have some solid players from, from cactus here in Phoenix. And it's really cool seeing some of these players like, uh, like cam for instance, for, for, for example, um, four or five years ago, he had no idea who he was. Now he's making the roster and I would, I would wager, you know, with the next, two, three years, he would be well known. And um, I've seen that with up and coming stars as well. But I've also seen that with Katie Sanchez who, you know, yeah. is, you know, been playing for a long time and is still a monster and still like just always fun to play against because you, you don't know what you, well, I would say, I guess I can't say I don't know what I'll get with her. Cause she's always in my head, but I love that. Right. But then to know that she's still repping, you know, team USA is like, that's so cool. But then what are you going to do when it's over? And I don't, and I don't mean that in the sense of a buzzkill. It's just like, help me figure this out because you know, I, I've been playing dodgeball for about 20 years now. If you want to count what yeah. 2003 was, where it was just me and one of my best friends, Logan and and Nick and Mike, and we we're throwing uh dodgeballs at this, this, what we used to consider a giant back then, Mason Shank. We we're just throwing dodgeballs at him at two o'clock in the morning at the U of A lawn. Cause we're trying to play dodgeball, but that just, <laughs> that deteriorated. So we didn't really get a start until 2004 in our own little underground setting. And, uh, w- without sounding lost, um, I-, I have no idea how to fill that, you know? Um,
0: and yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I, Michael Jordan has found other things to do with his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll fi- you'll figure it out too. Um, and I, I'll wager that he probably had more of a commitment to basketball than, than a little bit you more had to dodgeball. <laughs> so, you know, all is certainly not lost. Um, I think it's important to cherish the time that you have in in any pursuit that that matters to you. Um, I do with you know with with this little business that we have, um, but I don't know that it'll, I'll do that forever. You know, I um, I, I you know you should absolutely. You know, I, I, I used to tell this to all the younger players who were around me, like, enjoy this while you can because it won't always be there. But that's literally everything, right? That's not just dodgeball. Like, you know, um, I've had some relatively, you know, unique is not the appropriate word. I, I've had a lot of exposure to really uh, life-altering things in my life and in the, life, uh, the lives of, of people I, I care about. Um, and nothing's guaranteed until, you know, past, past the day you're doing it, right? Like, yeah. um, whatever, whether it's a medical diagnosis or, you know, something happens to someone or whatever. So I think it's, it's just incredibly important to, um, to enjoy it while you can and not spend your time thinking about the next day or the next week or the next year. I think that, you know, that's the way that you, you lose all the fun, um, and uh you know everything comes to an end um and that's not necessarily bad because um, then you find your opportunity to do something you know something different um you know you can start like uh you know some sort of like a a dessert company of your own for <laughs> example
1: that might um, be my go-to <clears throat>
0: But you, know, I, you mentioned, and I mentioned her earlier, you mentioned Katie Sanchez, and one of the people that I think of for that, um, along those lines, I mentioned her before, but she was sort of, I don't know, Joanna Munoz was one of those people, right? Like watching her go from like random newish player um, who joined after me to becoming a league manager who I would like harass all the time with different you know, questions and league complaints as a captain and whatever to becoming like a really exceptional um, player uh, within LA and then expanding from that into like the national stage. And I don't really know, like she and I aren't really in touch uh, these days, but um, you know, I don't think she's doing it at the level that she was before, but she's got this like thriving business that, uh, in, in graphic design, outs, outside of Dodgeball. And you realize, I think, at the end of the day that that Dodgeball is a part of the tapestry of your life, right? It's a part of it. It's not all of it, but it brings, and I think this maybe is the, the overarching theme for me, it brings a lot to you, and you need to retain as much of that as you can when you can't actively be on the court anymore.
1: Well said. Thinking about my... Steve Damon tapestry and it's like <laughs> army and dodgeball. And, uh, in, in a, this is the first time I actually thought about this in, in a weird way, man, that that's almost like, almost exciting because that means there's hopefully, you know, as long as I don't like die tomorrow, there's, there's room for something else. Um, but, uh, both, both experiences, man, like there, there's so many things I've been able to do with the military that, I feel like few people ever could understand or experience. And for that, I'm so grateful and whatever I don't get in dodgeball, I get like 20 times over, um, in that respect. So, you know, for me, it's like for, for for me, dodgeball is like, how do I, how do I just stay active and how do I stay competitive? And I've, I think I also have it just in my, in my genes. My, my dad still plays softball. He's like pushing late sixties. My grandpa played until he was like 80, um, like I just look to them and maybe, maybe just pick up something else and keep that competitive edge going, um, in a relatively safe environment. You know, you're not supposed to be dodging, uh, softballs unless they're line drives, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's, so that's a part of my, by the way, this is a part of my origin story. So like, you know, I, I, I know that on some of your, uh, your podcast you've asked like you know who role models are or whatever and I don't know that I actually had a dodgeball role model because I felt like I was pretty much older than everybody and I also felt like um you know most of the people I was playing with like the people that were better than me I couldn't really look at his role models because I could already tell that like I'm never going to be that good <laughs> but I do remember as a kid my role model was always my older brother my brother's eight and a half years older and he was just like he you know I would I was like you know, I was 10 when he was 18 and a half. Like, that's the coolest age, you know. And I remember with him and um I, I had him and his friend Matt. Yeah, I, was, I couldn't have been older than six or seven maybe. And I don't remember, and I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I think it was tennis balls. But it might have been rocks that I tried to get him and his friend to throw at me. Because I was – I remember being like, no, 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 you, you guys don't understand. I'm really good at dodging. Oh, Jesus Christ. And so <laughs> <My> <laughs> I'm rocks. a seven-year-old kid convincing my older brother and his best friend to throw things at me as hard as they can. And so sure enough, you know, 26 years later, I start playing uh, mm-hmm. dodgeball at the most competitive level that I can. So I guess in a way, oh, my brother.
1: I feel like that's Um, probably the most hardcore origin story. Like, yeah, I trained with rocks as a child.
0: (laughs) If you can, if you can dodge a rock, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I mean, I I, I will, I will say this and I've said it probably a half dozen times on this call. I, I think the unique characteristic of dodgeball is the, the quantity of people, the close proximity, um, in which you are to them, um, and And sort of like the pace of it, and I think it's really hard to find that in another sport that you know, like older people play, right? Like I want to start playing tennis, but that's like, okay, my wife and me we're gonna go play tennis or something, um or maybe play softball i was I sucked at baseball as a kid, so I, I don't think it's it's in the cards, but you know, I remember like looking down on on kickball players when I was um when I was playing dodgeball, but now I'm like, Maybe kickball's kind of more my speed, but like all of those different things, the the way in which you interact with other players is just different. But I, I, I don't know what it was exactly about dodgeball that tapped into this very competitive piece of me. I, I, I really do think a lot of it comes back, and I, I I know that we're kind of we're we're long on time here, and I'm kind of going around your your thought, but. The thing that i think is just still so unique about dodgeball is that the people who are coming into it for the most part are all so new to it you know like nobody started playing dodgeball at like and i don't say nobody but like yeah we all played in elementary school maybe a little in middle school or whatever but like it went away for everybody until they started again you know in, in in the sort of rec or whatever circles whereas a lot of people who are playing like competitive basketball or whatever played organized basketball for a long time and have done it for a long time there's something unique about dodgeball in that because it is not a conventional traditional sport like i part of my I, i was on the um the best ultimate frisbee team in the country a high school ultimate frisbee team in the country in high school uh and i wasn't particularly good at that either but like non-traditional sports are are really interesting in what they can do for you and how they uh you know what what they um what they bring to people and and you know how they can lift up people who are not tr- traditional athletes um because of that sort of leveling effect i think that they have
1: yeah because not everyone is a <clears throat> like a natural i want to say like natural athlete but not everyone goes to the My experience where, you know, parents threw me into every single sport possible. So, you know, I was, I was stellar when I wanted to be, but I was good enough for the most part. Um, just because I did, I took it for granted. I didn't really care, but looking back, I'm like, man, I'm so grateful that they did that for me because I really in touch with my body. Um, and talking to people like, um, like previous guests that I've had where they've not had that opportunity, like I realized how different, um, upbringings people have. Like I just assumed everyone had, you know, the little league, all the way through high school experience and, um, not everyone has that. So for them to be able to still have a a place to like reap those same benefits, but in a less like regimented, um, environment that, that is huge because I think for the most part, you know, even though we're in 2023, like the human body still needs to experience adrenaline and sport and competition and tribe community, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, all these things that, I guess, I don't want to say normal people, but traditional upbringings would provide um, are now available to anyone, if that makes any sense at all.
0: No, it, it totally does. And, <clears throat> you know, I think that there's this other piece of, of dodgeball that was always so, uh, I don't know if I appreciated it enough when I played, but, like, the various different body types that you have out there on a dodgeball court, like, even on, you know, really, really, I mean, and maybe this is changing now, particularly on, like, the national stage um, or or the international stage, but, you know, looking at the people who were, like, a force, and, of course, I'm not going to name any names, but, like, people who were a force at one thing or another on a dodgeball court who, like, are the absolute – you just would never think were athletes in any way. And maybe they weren't or maybe they are by definition of being good at dodgeball and, you know, that's enough. But, you know, there were there were always people who like, you know, oh, you know, that person is a this or that person is a that whatever. But if you saw them on the street and, you know, you didn't know that they played a sport or whatever, like that identity that that person has is just going to be so, so different. And again, there's something unique about dodgeball that way, um, where, you know, whether you're, you know super tall or super short or you know super skinny or or a heavier part like whatever there were there were people of of every sort of it was was just a very democratic sport in that way (laughs) um and i thought that was i thought that was really cool actually
1: yeah now there's um one thing i loved about dodgeball still do is you could have a team of six and any one of those players could be the hero at any time whether it's because they just pop off and just wipe the entire team or they're the last one in and they just rally their team back into victory, catch up to catch up to catch, or like the, the, the star of the team can change or the dynamic of the team can change with one person at any time. It's like a, like you said, it's like a democratic equal opportunity type of type of sport. Um,
0: Yeah, Yeah. And, and, not only is it that the person can change, but it's just oftentimes it's just not the person that you're expecting. If you're a person who's just like showing up to the court for the first time, you don't know how the game is played, whatever, and you're just looking and you're expecting to see whatever whatever you know uh, the athlete that you would anticipate is yeah. right, and you expect that, and then it turns out. And, and I'm trying really really hard to be cautious about what exactly I say or don't say, but I'll just leave it at the person who does whatever it is to win the game may not look at all like you expected, you know, or, or you would have expected. And that's really, really cool to me. Um, There's something very sort of inclusive about that and really supportive. And I think um, it it really helped that community in LA. And I I think that, um, you know, again, parent of a kid who I am, the inclusivity of dodgeball is is actually something that I, I value quite a bit. I think, you know, the, the, the way in which it kind of cuts across a lot of different things and, and you know, parts of society is really – it's it's really great. Um, I, I don't do – I don't think I'm doing a particularly good job of, of explaining how easy it is to get over it like, by continuing to extol its virtues. But, you know, I think that's what brought you and me together on this uh, – in this conversation, right? Like it's it's how great this, this sport is, you know. And um, I, here's a question for you. Do you think uh, – I don't know. Let's say – let's say – Let's say you play another five years um, and you're, you know, whatever age you are at that point, like, do you think five years after that you'll be watching? Like you'll be sitting there watching streams or whatever dodgeball is at that point.
1: Mm. It's funny. I was talking to a really good friend of mine. It's um, like a brother to me um, <clears throat> last night. Cause he had asked if I was going to play next season and uh, without, divulging too much. Uh, I've got another mobilization coming up. Um, this time next year, if I, uh, if the current trajectory I'm on remains the same and, uh, th- those are hard to recover from. So I told him, yes, I'll play with you. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if I'm going to play afterwards. And depending on when this airs, I, I don't know if I'll get the David Benedetto one, but he had asked something similar. and I told him, I don't know, man, like, I, these are hard to come back from like, yeah, it, it's not, it's not so much a physical thing. It's just like when you're removed from it for so long, it's you're like, man, I, for me to, for me to play at the level I want to play, like I'm, I'm 40, but mentally dodgeball wise, I still think I'm like 33, 34. And I'm still shocked at some of the crap I, I pulled off. And I'm just like, I have no business moving like this without tearing everything in my body. But that, that takes a lot of conditioning, um, that I'm kind of doing anyway, just for my own well being. But like just remembering when I came back and how stiff I was and how like frustrated I was with just everything um, I don't know man like I, I don't think I have five years um, th- I'll tell you
0: what I think you got five years um, and I say that because you're in much better shape than I was in um, and you could downshift into the level at which I was playing um, and still have plenty of fun at 45 I, I, I you know I was still able to play. This year at forty-seven, um, I think because of how long you've been playing, I actually thought you were older than you are. And you know, you say you played for twenty years. I'm like, oh, you know, you must be my age, but you're you're still younger. I, I think you got that time in you. But let's say, for the sake of argument, that you stop, right? Mm-hmm. It's still the same question, right? Let's say that for whatever reason, um, you you just are not able to play to your standards and you quit this year. I I still have that question of like do you think you would be watching as a, as a, um, as a, just as an observer? Cause I, 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 the reason for the question I should say is like, I went to a bunch of like USA dodgeball events. I watched a bunch of them on streams, et cetera. Um, and I'm still at this point now trying to get myself, you know, I can barely watch my alma mater play college football at this point. Like I, it's just, that's what my life is now. Yeah. But, it's hard for me to find the time to sit down and watch dodgeball because I'm no I'm not as connected to the people anymore and I wonder what that is for you. Like if you give if you give it 5 years and the people aren't people you used to play with anymore. Do you care enough to watch it as a as a as a spectator?
1: Hmm. for the sake of argument, oh man, cause you, you know, I think I was mentally preparing for this interview. Cause there was, I was driving by the old Kiwanis rec center where we used to come up from Tucson to play. And we, and I drove by bogeys this like after bar that we used to go to. And this is not a diss on anyone that I played with recently in rec league, but like the people I used to play with are, are gone. Like they're, yeah. they're not there anymore. Um, Occasionally they'll come back. Occasionally I'll get a chance to play with Chad, and I live for those moments. But um, I'm I'm starting to experience that. Like, and it's again not trying to rag on anybody. Like right now, my joy, I guess, is like trying to coach newbies or you know forming a team that will the team will exist and the player rosters can change. Like that was the whole concept of Roman Ronin. It's like yeah, we're gonna go to this event. If you can make it, awesome. Um, we're not gonna expect much. Like I think having that attitude if I walk away um I would probably stay involved in some capacity um part of me wants to say like it depends on the exit like Mm. because I'm definitely looking at my supposed exit earlier this year or last year it was like I'm done I'm just burnt out I'm done from everything But there's still that, like, I don't know, man, what about Ballast Day? A lot of people put faith in you. A lot of people bought your stuff. A lot of people supported you. You got partners. What are you going to do? And with the Dodgeball Podcast, it's like, a lot of people, like, gave you their time, man. You you can't walk away from that. And so there's always this, like, nagging voice of, like, not obligation to sound negative, but just, like, I can't turn my back on on that. And so, you know, I definitely stewed with it for a long time as I was trying to figure myself out and trying to figure out how to recover from, from, uh, from mobbing and um yeah I, I, man shit that's a good question dude i'm I'm trying to just give you an answer instead of dancing around it
0: it's it's really hard yeah you know i mean it's it's hard because it's it is a participatory sport right like you are involved i mean it's it's not like the you know you're not buying t-shirts well markel is out buying everybody's shirts <laughs> <but> i shouldn't <laughs> yes. say that nobody <laughs> um who i got to see by the way it was good it was good to see him um but um, you know, it, there is this sort of like, you know, my <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble with my wife, but like, you know, like we have a lot of friends who we met through dodgeball. Um, some of our best friends actually we met through dodgeball, and again, we were not like a dodgeball power couple by any stretch, we were two people who had already met when we started playing, whatever. Um, and uh, you know. Ha- just met some people on our teams and then their lives became part of our lives and whatever. But as you get away from that and you start to, you know, just it becomes another thing that you could watch, it's harder um to, to maintain that interest. And I and and that is a part of why I have so much respect for the people who are building and you know, the infrastructure. I mean that is part of what you're doing with this podcast and with Balstay and everything else. Um, you know, in terms of creating the foundation for whatever the next generation looks like. I think my question is really just sort of like, I remember talking to Mark Knessy about, you know, how maybe drone photography was going to be the future of dodgeball, Mm -hmm. right? Like how cool would it be to just watch from directly above? And like, so I, for whatever reason though, I do feel like it's the, the product of televised dodgeball is, is not enough for me personally to get me over a lot of the absence of direct personal connections to the players on the team. Like I watched a lot of dodgeball, uh, whether online or otherwise, when I knew everybody, you know, yeah. when I played against them or whatever. Um, but I think the, the the more distance you get, the the harder it is to sustain that, personally.
1: Yeah, no, and that's, that. that so that would be my answer is, five years from now as I'm like off boarding, depending on where life ends up. Right. Yeah. I would also like to think five years from now I'm married and have kids and actually am, you know, having more priorities than just being this like lonesome cowboy doing crazy stuff. But, um, I would, I would imagine once that's established, I would like to see obviously five years of continued ball growth. I would love to see the podcast venture off into, you know, where, where I initially envisioned it, two years before I deployed where we were doing live streams and more video content and more, you know, sports center type stuff. If I could do that, then absolutely. Because, you know, there's still people I care about. Like, you know, there's, there's some of these names I don't recognize from team USA, but there's, like I said earlier, like the Katie Sanchez is the Dylan Odins, people that I still interact with, even if briefly. And so I, w- I would, I would like to be involved for that reason, but it have to be more than just, casual interest you know what i mean like i would, I would still like i'm not gonna watch dodgeball the way i watch football you know i hate myself i love the cowboys right there, yeah.
0: right? is, isn't that it though like what does it take you know what does it take for you to watch dodgeball the way that you watch football and i i don't know that answer at all yeah you know i, I went to michigan right so i i have that connection um when i can find the time i still watch games but what is it that it would take um because i think we all had this this vision right of like this this sport is so great. Everybody needs to know it. But what does it take to overcome that hurdle of, you know, uh, of, of getting people who, will, like, if you can't get me, right, and I'm someone who is really invested in all of this and, and does know a lot of people and has connections to a lot of all of it, then it's really hard to imagine being able to hook the casual fan. Like, not even the casual fan, but like, the the random person on the street who's flipping channels and oh there's dodgeball on TV. Like, yeah what is it what does it take for dodgeball to get to that and, and I don't have half a clue but I have a huge amount of admiration for all the people who are who are trying to make that happen. Um you know again I think I entered a chapter in my life where um just other things just have to take precedence and um, and, you know, and part of that also is physically moving away. I think I'd probably be a lot more connected to Dodge while I still in LA. Um, but out here, it's, you know, not the same.
1: So I was going to, I'm glad you brought it because it gave me a chance to to revisit this. Um, there was, I think it was a couple of years ago, NCDA, Kevin Bailey, I think, forgive me, man, if, if you're listening and, you, and I get it wrong, Grand Rapids had like this just dynasty where they would just constantly dominate the um the championships and I want to say Townsend defeated them but I remember like watching or hearing about it I know that Kevin and a couple of the other like alumni were there to watch and the reason why I bring that up is because they actually have a history and I feel like that's what we're lacking because what, like yep. you asked me why would, like, I could watch football. I, I love the Cowboys and I said earlier, I hate myself. I still love them. <laughs> and, but there's a reason like they're an established team. They've got a history. Like I'm, I'm talking, I remember them from like the Danny White days, the Herschel Walkers, you know, before Troy Aikman was even a thing. Um, and God knows what the hell they are now, but, um, I have that, you know, if, if Dodgeball were to matter, you know, we would actually have to have established teams. Like, I'm going to pick on Hex. Like before Hex, they were Stromboli, Bacoli, or something. Before that, they mm-hmm. were Titan or Echo, or I mean, and this is just an example. You know, the the teams like Doom Rise that have stood the test of time. Like San Diego is Rise, Doom was right. L.A. Yep. You need consistency there. That that would help phenomenally. And and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Hex is the Phoenix team, and it's going to stay the Phoenix team, but. Teams rebrand all the time, and until I feel like that stops, you're not going to generate a following beyond the dodgeball enthusiasts. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch catch. I'm going to watch um, Cam. I'm going to watch you know all these new players, but I'm also not going to be surprised if they end up somewhere else next season. However, if Hex has been Chandler's team for the past 15 years, that's going to that's gonna track at some point. So right. I think that would probably help is just the consistency – Beyond people like you and me who know these people and rooting for them until we're no longer interested, so I think that yeah, would a, maybe the answer.
0: It's it's a, there's another thing, but I I don't quite I don't quite know the answer to this. But like you know, I've definitely thought like I've gone to some dodgeball events just as a spectator. Um, I thought about going to Boston this year just to watch, and like I, it, it's a weird there's like this weird membrane between. Like being able to go as a pure spectator um, and just sit and take something in as an observer the way that you would if you, you know, someone handed you a, I was in LA last week to go to see the postal service and death cap for cutie, which I've heard variously described as um, the middle-aged dad with beards, uh, uh, era's tour and the middle-aged dad with beards Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> So going to see that show was a thing, but like, I had seen a, a TikTok about it. I, my wife was supposed to go with me. She wasn't able to. It's a long, long story, but I'd seen a TikTok about it that, um, that basically said, uh, point of view, um, someone gave you a ticket uh, or you bought a ticket last minute to go and see the Postal Service 20th anniversary uh, tour, um, and it just so happened it's the best concert you've ever been to in your life. If you... like if you if you see this consider and you're thinking about going consider this you're signed to go like i was not going to go i had the ticket i had the plane ticket i was still going to just opt out of the trip entirely and ultimately i went because i had seen that right Hmm. and the point of that is that i would have gone to that show that concert alone just me no wife no friends nothing and i think about going to a dodgeball tournament like this event in in boston that happens every year right the um you know and it's just the closest one I mean it's it's any of them and I, I I don't know that I could do it I don't know that I could just go and like sit at a tournament the only sort of saving grace there is like you go and you sit at that tournament that you've driven two hours to get to and you watch these people play um but you know you know a bunch of them because you've you know, you used to hang out somewhere, right? And there's a couple people yeah. are in town from LA or whatever. Um, and the thing is, that feels really weird. <laughs> I have realized. Like, have you ever just gone to a tournament just to sit and watch?
1: I'm trying to think of. <clears throat> I want to say I have, but I don't. I don't think so, man. Um. Well, no, but okay, this is cheating because I, I went as you know vending for balls Day.
0: Right. Right. Sure.
1: And yeah. I had a purpose there. Uh, yeah. Like I went to bells of the ball 2018. I went to, I think the tribune to vend, So I, I didn't go just to spectate. It was cool that I got to watch, but you know, it, I had a, a purpose there than to just be a spectator. Um, yeah. So, so that'd be the closest thing I have to a, a yes, but still no.
0: Yeah. And when you do have that purpose in being there, right. When you do have that, Hey, I'm here to sell my product. Right, that is a different thing um, than just like I'm here. And I did go, to be fair, to the LA World's event, um, and I, I got to sit and watch that. I went to God knows how many um, bells of the ball tournaments. Um, you know, I went to a lot of, to, to a lot of stuff, and it was it was really easy to do it when like that's your social circle. But when it isn't anymore, it's 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 odd. It's a weird social situation to be in. Yeah. Um, you know it's like you're not really necessarily a part of it anymore but you're sort of weirdly connected and those are very awkward like lots of you know i'm I'm pretty socially fluid and i i like to you know talk to people i mean that's what we're doing here but it is a weird um type of interaction to have with people who are like they're there for a reason and you're kind of not you know it's strange
1: yeah no it, it totally is and i i'm getting like not secondhand strangeness, but like, I, I, cause you're right. When you're there to play, you're there to compete. You're with your team. Oh, cool. Hey, it's Dan. What's up, man. And then, you know, life goes on for you, but what are you doing? You're just, you're just there. Um, I totally understand that, man.
0: Yeah. And I, I did a decent <clears throat> amount of that back in LA too. Like, um, you know, going to this or that event. Um, but at that point I was, you know, I was still playing with those folks on like a daily basis. Right. But then you get further and further away from it. And it's like, okay, maybe I'm just like a weird old guy now. <laughs> like, that's, <Yeah. laughs> that's a different, like, I'd rather just not put myself in that position. Like, but then, you know, that that's the question of like, you know, what do you do to hold on to it? Well, one thing that you can do, obviously, Steve, you know, you can continue to be an active participant through the podcast and, you know, by growing the podcast and by growing Ballastane staying close to it that way, or you can take that other path towards, you know, doing what, you know, Jake and, and others have done on the, you know, infrastructure side, and you can be a real piece of it. You know, you've been there for so long already, you can do all of those things. But when, you're, when your exposure and experience to that whole world, like mine was different and less, it's, it's a lot harder to just kind of be like, all right, now I'm going to make myself like, you know, I'm, I'm going to you know, try and become a part of, of the, like, uh, of some committee, like it wouldn't make any sense. Like it doesn't fit who I am, but I think that, you know, that path is there for you if you want it. Yeah. It's just, if you do,
1: if, if it makes you feel any better, um, this past weekend, I was able to retire a, uh, a staff sergeant who had served for 20 years and <clears throat> it was, I didn't, I didn't realize what I was doing. Cause he, it's so weird. Like he was in my unit at first, then he moved on to the unit that he is now and someone had asked, since I happened to run into him for a month, five years ago, if I'd be able to, to say some words on his behalf because his then commander was, was gonna say shit about him. It was gonna be generic and it was going to be crap and I didn't want to do him like that. So I was like, oh no, I, I'll think of some things for Staff Sergeant Nielsen, Absolutely. And, um, thankfully I did. I actually had some, some pretty good things to say for him, but I was at first I was doing it just to get through the motions. But then as I was realizing what I was doing is like, this is, this is this dude's last salute. Like he is done after this His 20 years of history and contributions to the unit, his country, his deployments, like it all ends here. And it was cool because some of his buddies that had retired last year came to to see him off. But there was that awkward, like, you know, this one starting first class retired Edwards, he was there and I remember him too. And we caught up for like thirty seconds and I was like, Well, all right, cool, man. Well, we gotta get ready for this mob and, and do all kinds of many different things. So like thanks thanks for stopping by. Um it, it's just weird because like you you feel like that kid from high school, I think. And I'm getting um uh, I'm getting invited because my the unit that I was just part of, the one that we deployed, is getting case, which means it's like it's being like decommissioned, um, being phased out and transitioning to another unit. And the commander who took over for me asked if I wanted to go there to, you know, oversee it. And I'm just like, nah, dude, I want to go back there. Like, I, I had my beautiful run. It's in the past. It would be nice to see some of the soldiers that are still there, but like, I, I don't feel, I just feel weird. Um. So, yeah. it's it's yeah. that,
0: it's, I, I don't know why I, it's that membrane, you know, it's like you're either, you're on one side of it or you're on the other side of it. You 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 can't be in between. Yeah. You know you can't be, you know. It, but that said, like I'm someone who you know I now live in the town where I went to high school, right? Like so, I came back and I I enjoyed coming back, and I'm really, like I said, I'm generally pretty comfortable in that sort of situation. But I just think that it's finite. Eventually, at a certain point, you are just like, okay, so wait, and and who are you again? Like, yeah. You're, you're here. You're here. Why? Like it was, you know, popping in to play for a couple minutes over the past weekend, which, by the way, or not. I keep saying weekend, but I, I meant to said last week um, was fun. And it was cool to see, you know, Brendan Hood was there and, and, you know, a couple of other folks. Um, Will Hackner was there uh, and it was great to see them. But it's it's it is that sort of like you've got 30 seconds of conversation, which is like, oh, so how's your kid? How's your how's Massachusetts? It's yeah, it's good, man. It's good. You're doing well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so that's ugly. it. Like, there's, what are you going to do? Right. Like, yeah. the, I think again, sort of it goes back to the beauty of what dodgeball is in, you know, as a larger pursuit where, you know, yeah, you have that conversation if you're playing and you're doing it actively, but then you're going to go out to the bar afterwards or you're going to see that same person again the next week and you're going to have another of those same sort of kind of banal, kind of mundane conversations. But, like, you'll you'll keep having them over and over again in these sort of random interactions. And you have the chance to do more with them, right? But when you're just going out to watch a tournament, like, eh, it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it'll take. I mean, I mentioned this before, but I don't know what it'll take for, for dodgeball to, to sort of level up to that point where... You know, I can bring a random friend who's never watched it before and feel like, hey, man, we're just going to a game. Um, it'd be awesome if that happens, but I don't know if I'll just be too old by then. Um, who knows? I mean, I, hope I, it
1: does. I always saw the freaking National Pillow Fighting Championships like i know Saturday night, freaking Saturday night or, or Sunday. Like, yeah, not not two o'clock in the morning. Like it was like 8 p.m. And I'm like, what the freak is this? Like, how? Right. But, you know, it's – my theory is consistency and giving people a reason to give a crap about the team that they should be rooting for. That, that's probably a huge start. But who knows, man. I,
0: think, yeah. I still think it's, like, one of the things I think dodgeball really needs, um, and I say I, – like, nobody should listen to my opinions. But for me, <laughs> one of the things that I think dodgeball really needs – and I, I, from what I understand, they sort of did this a little bit at the gym in, in WeHo in terms of having, like, dodgeball lines painted on the court. But a thing that always feels odd to me when watching like the highest level tournaments is that it's still a basketball court fundamentally or it's a hockey rink, right? Mm-hmm. There are not dedicated like dodgeball facilities and it'd be really cool if that existed, you know, um, but that's such a huge, I mean, you're, you know, millions and millions, <laughs> tens of millions of dollars to build these kinds of places out. But having places like that would be really really incredible, but it's, I mean, that's, it's a pipe dream, but again, you don't go to watch, you know, uh, I don't know. You don't go to watch the Mavs at Cowboy stadium, right? Like it it wouldn't make any sense. And so it will, it'll always sort of feel, I think like dodgeballs on borrowed time until, you know, it's in places that are built around it.
1: I will say nationals was probably one of the better venues and setups that I've seen. It was, Like, as you're flying in or you're driving in from the airport, you actually did see, like, welcome national dodgeball championships. Um, When you go to the arena, you see on the big screens, like, USA dodgeball branded stuff, which is cool. Yeah. But to your point, you still see the, and this is not knocking the setup at all. It was amazing, but it's dodgeball courts on a basketball court. And I remember flying on the flight out there. Um, one of the guys was, who I was sitting next to was, was rather chatty. And he's like, where are you, where are you off to, man? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go play dodgeball. And he's like, no way. And I'm here, I'm thinking, oh, my God, here comes the, if you're going to dodge, you can dodgeball. But he's, right, like, right, right. Th- he's like, that's cool, man. And like, And I'm like, I kind of like looked at him like, like I didn't say it, but I'm thinking you're not going to say it. And he's like, um, "Like, where, where do you play? And he he's like, he, he actually had like genuine, and this was like um, you know, like a, he was older than I was. He was like maybe late forties, fifties, like definitely. I feel like old enough to laugh at me for playing dodgeball. Right. Especially since I was, you know, I'm in my forties and, um, but he seemed genuinely interested. And he's like, where, where are y'all playing at? And I'm like the high, highly, le- the hyena. He's like, Oh, the hyena. I'm like, yeah, actually, yeah, that's where we're playing. And he just like, he asked how would, how would someone go watch such a thing? And my immediate reaction, he didn't, he didn't catch this, but my, my reaction was like, Ugh. like, I just pictured, like." You know this guy going about his day he's he's actually making plans to come check out this amazing dodgeball competition and it's like you know an empty stadium and a bunch of dudes playing dodgeball with no rhyme or reason with how the courts are set up that right. uh, that he would understand we, we understand like he had the streaming court you got the men's on this side the women's on that side like we understand all the nuances and intricacies but to an outside per- person i was like uh you wouldn't want to do that i didn't say that to him i just told matt eh, we, we were at the hive all weekend um I don't think there's a charge. I think you just show up if you want to watch, but uh, you know, check out usadodgeball.com, and, and that was the end of it. And it was like actually, despite my hesitation, to want to welcome someone to come spectate a Dodgeball event, it's so cool not getting the, the, the typical movie response. So I think we're getting there, but I really like what you said about it. we're like on borrowed time until we have our own actual venue with our own dedicated setup and the way we want to film things and have consistency, uh, it's going to be a hot minute for someone just says, Hey baby, you want to go check out, a, uh, you know, the, 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 the Scottsdale dust devils against, you know, the San Diego, I don't know, burgers like, like, right, like right, it's right. A, that day is far from now. I feel. Uh,
0: yeah. I, <laughs> uh, the thing about it for me is I like I still am rooting for it. You know, I'm still rooting for oh, the yeah, sport as sure. a whole. Um, and, and I think that's because Again, I'm just really grateful for for Dodgeball. Like I'm really, really grateful for it. Like it, the the myriad ways in which it's positively impacted my life, maybe less so my wrists and fingers, but like I, i'm I'm really, really grateful and I think it it does great things for a lot of people. and I want those people to you know I, I want it to be paid forward to them so that they'll continue to pay it forward whether or not I'm around in any meaningful or appreciable way, right? Even if that's as a spectator, like, you know, again, my life is complicated. I've got a lot more going on than your average individual. I think uh, maybe, maybe I'm just not at a period of my life where I'm able to do something like that, even if it's just as a spectator, but it's just a game that brings so much to so many people and has done so much for so many people uh, who matter to me, you know, all 350 common friends of Costanzas and mine. Um, that yeah, I just I, I wanted to do well. You know, I, I I wish that there was something I were able to do. Um, and I wish more than anything that I could still play. Um, I think I, I but I but I say that but I don't really have any regrets either. I kind of knew what what I was what I was getting from Dodgeball. You know, I knew I was starting uh, at at an age that um was already old right like i I knew that i personally to use that phrase again was on borrowed time from day one um so i i had a great run man like it you know and i was i I say i had a great run without trying to suggest that i was a great player but it was just even for a person who never uh wanted to, to to go beyond the competitive recreational level right it was great. It was just great. Um, you know, I, I and, and I absolutely, <laughs> when I talk to people about, cause like, this is a thing that I, I, I don't know if this happens to you in these conversations, but I, you know, so there, when foam was starting to become a thing in LA, um, there were a bunch of these like, uh, men's national team like practices. And so I went to a a bunch of them and like foam was not the ball type that I understood I only really did no sting. by the way this is uh, let me be the one person on this podcast who will say I never played 8.5 never wanted to play 8.5 um, have no interest in it as a ball type <laughs> um, will never play cloth and I'm pretty happy about that too but foam actually worked out pretty well for my specific style of play whatever that was hmm. but I, anyway the, the, the this little anecdote is just to say that like uh, at that point I think it was like Vince and Nate in particular were like practicing a lot with foam in this random little gym um, and a bunch of us would just come out and be like cannon fodder for them but I have absolutely said to people who I've met out here that oh yeah like you know before we left la like you know I used to go and I would like practice with basically the. US national team for dodgeball and I'm like just to be clear I was not on the. US national team but I would practice with those guys um and they were way better than me etc But it's pretty cool to be able to say that, you know, like when when people have no understanding, when when you're encountering people in your life who have no exposure to the fact that competitive dodgeball is even a thing to be able to say, like, oh, yeah, I I spent a lot of time with the guys who were on and and the women, of course, as well, who were on the the national team. Like, that's pretty cool. You know?
1: Yeah, that is. And it goes back to when I was showing or when people are showing me. Vince's video I'm like yeah I know I know him like I'm not his best friend but I know him well and uh yeah <laughs> he clowned on me pretty good because <laughs> uh, somebody posted on my Facebook feed I'm like oh yeah I know that guy I tagged and I tagged Vince and Vince is like I don't know you I'm like you son of a bitch <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so good but uh yeah um but it is it is cool it, it's it kind of goes back to like yeah you you can you can come into dodgeball brand new. You have some kind of acumen for athleticism. You understand the rule sets. You give it a couple of seasons. You can progress to, you know, a competitive team that's kind of mid-tier. You do well. You develop. After a of the year, you show yourself up to be someone pretty solid. And next thing you know, you're Team USA player to be able to have that kind of, like, proximity. And then for people like you and me, where, you know, we don't mind necessarily being the punching bags for these players to help them. Sharpen their skills so they can go off and represent, you know, team USA or, or Arizona um, There is a lot of pride that's attached to that. So and I totally understand man
0: It is a really fascinating <clears> thing <throat> if, you, if you just think about what you just said, right that you can go from and and I'm just gonna I'm, I don't know if I'm picking on Xander or, or like, you know kind of like uh, um, Giving him his flowers or whatever here, but like the idea that you can go from in his case like the kid of a player Right, who had who was not really even who was too young to be allowed to play. From from being that kid to being on the US national team, right? From being a not even allowed to play rec to being on the national team in under five years, I think. Yeah. Is crazy. Like, find me another sport where you can do that. Um <clears throat> I I don't know of one. Maybe the pillow fighting thing you mentioned—I oh, uh, don't know, could be. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but that's that's kind of exceptional, and there's something really cool about still, you know, all of us kind of being in this this sport in its in its infancy. Because um, that part, of, you know, if it gets to the point where you are going to the dedicated dodgeball gym that is built with dodgeball lines only, and you know has only dodgeball courts, and maybe you can play basketball in there too, but the lines look all weird because it's a dodgeball facility. It's not a basketball gym. If you get to that point, the, that experience, the one I'm describing for Xander, that's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. That five year pathway from rec league to national team is that doesn't happen anymore. You can't do that in baseball or tennis or name the sport football, whatever, like it's impossible and track and field like nothing. There's, there's nothing where you can do that. That's, that's, uh inherent to being an established sport is you have to be in it for a long time to bubble up
1: i'm just trying to think of like <clears throat> we pick on xander as somebody that you know was relatively unknown six years ago it's pretty scary now I just imagine that kid being like the baseline <laughs> like imagine yeah, some kid picks up dodgeball at five with intention to make Team USA and trains for that, just like anybody would do for baseball or basketball, football, volleyball. Right. That's a, that's a scary sight, cool to think about, but I'm not playing I, I those do guys think, I do think, and I, I
0: remember Vince was saying something about this in the episode of of uh, of yours uh, or his, whatever you want to say. Um, but he was talking about how foam is sort of like a small person's game. I thought it was really interesting thought like i'm you know too far out of playing to really have that kind of more in-depth strategic thinking um but i think it's really fascinating to think about but then i it reminds me of this one play that's always stuck out in my head and i'm sure people are doing it all the time but it was i think it was like i want to say it was malaysia in 2018 maybe 2017 whenever it was that the finals were in la and there was this this one kid what i i Think Malaysian kid who did this full on, like, he was on the ground and did this push up dodge um towards the finals. And he just went, like, he was horizontal. And the next thing you know, he's hovering and the ball goes out under him. And, hmm. like, I, it was one of the craziest things. And I'm sure that people, like, you know, like, like a lot of the Team USA guys are doing that. Like, I'm sitting on my back and I'm going to catch, um, like, I'm, I'm, that sort of seeded catch thing that people bait people into like, that wasn't a thing until it became a thing. Right. right? And the, the up dodge thing may be another, but it's like, as this sport develops, you're going to have more and more of these things. Like people didn't speaking, you know, people were not dunking in the peach baskets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what, what are the ways in which this all evolves when people do start playing at age six or seven and do it consistently for decades? Like look how, think about how good, Xander, we're just going to keep using Xander as the example, but think about how good that kid's going to be when he's 32, 33. Jesus. You know? <laughs> when he's like still in his prime, but has been playing for, you know, 18 years.
1: Crazy. Damn. Yeah. That That's going to be nuts. I'm, I'm also thinking of our, our baby here, Gage, <clears throat> who's, I don't know if that kid's on, but he that kid's throwing way harder than I remember. And he's very nimble, but very like, just insane energy and just thinking, okay, give him five years. Right. It's like, damn. <laughs> just,
0: yeah. Just imagining that. And, and there'll be a kid five years after him. Who's that much better than he was. Cause these things are, you know, they, they, they iterate, you know, the, the, the next generation is always better than the previous generation. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I wonder where that'll leave dodgeball at, uh, you know, down the road, I wonder if it eventually gets to be so cool to watch um, that it becomes inevitable that it does actually get the attention that I think everybody kind of within the community really wants it to have. I don't know how long it takes, and you know, I don't know if I'll be there to watch it myself. Sad to say, but I, I don't mean I'll be dead. I just don't know if it'll be like in the in in the, uh, the, the audience. But I I definitely hope it gets there because um, that'd be that'd be pretty awesome
1: yeah and i think you you might have pref or you might have covered it earlier but like we're definitely not talking about this from like a sense of bitterness or anything it's just realizing you know having you been you haven't been removed from from it for so long and me just flirting with that for a year and just like how quickly life kind of just says hey remember remember me <laughs> like remember her? all the things that you didn't do when you were playing dodgeball and, and podcasting and, and, you know, dealing with, uh, entrepreneurial stuff. Like let's just focus on this now. So who knows, man, maybe, uh, maybe in five years we'll, we'll be eating our words and we'll be commentating because something cool that happened with the podcast or maybe the right person was listening and decides to invest tons of money into, into dodgeball. You never know. But, um, it's, it's been, I've, I've been needing this conversation, uh, as weird as that might sound
0: oh man i well i I, i've really been looking forward to it actually um and so I'm, i'm certainly glad we've had it um you know whatever you put into that that dodgeball shaped hole at the end of the day it isn't the dodgeball piece and so you know even three years removed from really playing at all i mean granted a couple days here and there but um obviously this stuff is still hugely important to me in a way that nothing else really is not to say that like you know my my family or my businesses or whatever aren't important but there is a specific dodgeball itch that i need to scratch now and again and this was this this has done quite a bit uh to, to scratch it so i i i'm grateful to you for that
1: thanks man um just think you've had a bring this to a close um
0: well, there was one question, and it was, uh, I believe, from Markel. And the answer is that Hot Garbage would have destroyed uh, Kenny Dodgers. So I can, I
1: can oh, get that okay. out of the way. Yeah, because I remember <laughs> looking at like, the hell's that mean, dude? Like, usually it's like, do the Cowboys suck? <laughs> which, I guess, no, thank hot you, Markel.
0: was the, the team that I kind of put together. I think we were originally called Olds, which was uh, one last dodgeball season and then we played really badly and i think i referred to us as like we were just total hot garbage and then (laughs) the next uh then from then on we changed our name and we're we're uh hot garbage and then the next season we were uh dumpster inferno if i remember correctly (laughs) that's
1: awesome my uh my first dodgeball team 2004 sports park tucson we were uh, i don't know if i want to say this actually um we were the shattered dreams because (laughs) (laughs) half of us worked at target and uh the hell do we know about disappointment back then but i was like i think 20 21 about to turn 21 and i'm working you know managing retail uh i've I've managed the food avenue of target so i was just always exhausted just hating my life and then i i think i took a break from college uh i think i was Maybe that might have been after I dropped out of ROTC for the Air Force. So I, you know, obviously projecting on everybody else for like our first game. Half of us are in target uniform. Um, I think Mason came from his machine shop, so none of us looked like we were going to play dodgeball at all. And we stomped that team. And they were like, "What's you guys' team name?" Like, and I look around, at all of us like, "Yeah, we're just shattered dreams. Like, we just, we just messed up." <laughs>
0: like, um, the one thing that something about you said. So first of all, uh, understanding that we we do need to wind this down. But there was one thing that like I can't. I have to I have to capture on audio somewhere, which was j- the depths to which um, the the dodgeball world permeated my actual life for a period of time, particularly at the beginning, when we had just started Kenny Dodgers, and I mentioned a couple of the people who were on that team, uh, some of whom I'm still in touch with, some of whom I'm not. Doesn't really matter, but. I remember really clearly that there was this one season. I think it was the season between when we went from like going, I think we'd played three seasons together. And all of a sudden I was told by, I found out like, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but this is so long ago. Now, it was 12 years ago, probably. But I, I found out that um. A, a couple of people who shall remain nameless were going to, take about half of my team, the Kenny daughters. they're going to take about half of the team and create a new team, which they named uh, Kim Jong Ilan, if I remember correctly. And a bunch of folks were just like, oh, we'll go, whatever. But it was basically like, I don't want to be on the same team as you, me, anymore. So it was like half of the team left and half the team came with me and and stayed. And it started this, it's a funny term, but like an arms race in L.A., <laughs> but some of the people involved were like, yeah, they, what we're doing is we're creating free agency in dodgeball in LA. But I remember like my wife and I, now wife, we were devastated, dude. We were wrecked. Cause it was like at that point in time and you know, that very first year, two years of, of being within this community, like these were our friends, you know, these were teams that we'd put together of friends of ours and to have that just like. To see that it was, oh, no, no, this is just about being on a better team and we don't care. We're going to leave you guys behind, like whoever we don't think. I think at one point, actually, I was told – I might be wrong about this, but I think that they tried to make me – they were like, we'll take you to our new team if you want, but your wife can't come with you. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I think it was because her schedule was really inconsistent because she had to work on Mondays or something. And it was like – I'm like, are you out of your mind? Yeah, I'm sure that went well. (laughs) Yeah, but again, it was just like – But all of that stuff, again, it's, it's sort of what made it so beautiful because as ridiculous as all of that was, it's like, I was that into it, you know, and it's great to be that committed to anything. It's great for something to occupy that much of your, uh, you know, to, to be that invested in anything. Um, and, you know, I, I appreciate it all the more for it, uh. And by the way, that was when I went out and started actively recruiting in other leagues and uh, Benedetto joined my team for the first time. And uh, I think we won the next year, if I remember correctly. I could, next uh, season, I should say. I could, I could, anyway.
1: I could bore you to death about the drama that was the initial Team Evil, and I'll just say that it ended with assault charges. No. Picking sides. Uh, almost a lawsuit just this like isn't so that silly, great, man? in a weird
0: way <laughs> like it's terrible but it's great i mean right?
1: looking like, back like yeah it's i'm obviously laughing about it but man my world was falling apart back then
0: <laughs> but was it was your world falling apart or was your dodgeball world falling apart
1: unfortunately i mean you know in the, in the grand scheme of things i was i was doing just fine but like the things that mattered man yeah. that was falling apart and so you feel that pain more than anything
0: right like, right well, we had just invested so much of our social lives into dodgeball at that point. I mean, I'm I'm speaking of, you know, my my I guess my wife, my now wife and, and me, we'd invested so much into this social group and to see it splinter um for reasons that like just felt like absolute betrayal, you know. But then again, you know, I, I keep talking about, you know, you met me at a, a strange time in my life. I mean, that was a part of my life where something like that even registered and now like man i I would be so happy if if that were the the biggest of my problems or or concerns, right? you know?
1: <laughs> that's why I'm like, laughing now
0: yeah i mean i i am I'm, I'm glad that I had that sort of naive perspective and um you know many many years later like those are those are experiences you know again it's it's great to care about things you know it it's great to be invested in things um it's it's not everything has to be (laughs) not everything has to have like real life and death stakes. It's weird, I guess, if you're treating things that don't deserve them that way, but I guess in a way it prepares you for when things that really do matter happen. Um, yeah, those were, yeah. (laughs) The like dodgeball drama is just hilarious. And, and I, you know, later on, I think I, I mentioned this before I did, I did feel like LA dodgeball did become very clicky as, um, things started to shift towards a much more competitive game. I, I am kind of glad that I started when I did. Um, I don't know what that's like for new players. But again, I'm I'm extending a conversation that I think we uh, we should both probably start to, to to wind down.
1: Fair enough. I mean I, I could I could talk for hours about this stuff just because it's it's resurfacing so many things that again we're such a like I said, the end of the world, but looking back I'm like, son, you you have no idea what's gonna happen to you. Shut up. <laughs> but yeah. uh, let's uh, there's a couple of questions that I still want to ask. Please. Um, and I'm I'm kind of looking at like questions that have become staple ones. Um, and you're I guess like, you're a guinea pig for how this will will turn out. But um, you know, it is I guess like so Perry Hall or Hole. I don't know if you know him. Uh, he yeah. He had asked uh, Dave which. Again, if you're listening to this one, maybe I got the Benedetto episode out prior to this one. If not, then it'll come after. But he had asked, uh, "What question do you wish you were asked more?" And just given like the your your experience, um, your viewpoint, how you came into the game, you know, at, at a weird time in your life. You know, what what is a question you'd like to have asked and answer? If that, if that makes any, if that makes any sense,
0: asked of me or by me? Uh, asked of you. Oh, man, I mean, I think when I was playing, what I really wanted uh, was was for people to ask me how things could be done, because I had lots of opinions. Um, hmm. But, you know, in retrospect, and as I've watched people who are wiser uh, and um, a little more strategic and a little bit less emotional about these sorts of things, I think I've come to the conclusion that um, it was better when cooler heads prevailed. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I had... Um, I don't know that the insights I thought I had were necessarily quite so uh, um, so so needed. Hmm. Um, but I think if you'd asked me then, I would have said, I want more people to listen to me.
1: <laughs> but I mean, probably coming from a, a good place. I mean, like, are they just... Oh, yeah. I mean, well? I
0: definitely wanted <clears throat> to, like, you know, I had things that I wanted that I thought should, you know, w- would would help change dodgeball in one way or another like my my intentions i think were good but i i think you know it's easy again to forget that like the league managers who you're harassing like they also have jobs they also have things they've got to do they've also got concerns they're also on teams and like it's a it's a lot to ask of someone who's basically not getting paid you know oh yeah
1: now I've, i've felt their pain on a small scale down in tucson but um oh yeah I also was looking back, my people, they mean well, like I I have this issue right now with my section, being a staff officer. Like I have soldiers coming straight to me, which not normally what they're supposed to do, but I'm I'm pretty open door policy kind of guy. And I look at them and their complaints, like at least this person cares like that. I'll start there. So, but, um, I don't think people, when they offer criticism, it may come across the wrong way, but I, I feel like it's generally from a good place. If that helps, you know, curb the wounds at all from people that are allocating hours of their time, making things happen so we can show, play dodgeball, drink and and go home. But um Right. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean I think uh I I really I think this is probably the hardest these, these types of questions that are sort of um more sort of really truly dodgeball focused are the parts where it's gonna be hardest for me because like again, I sort of I have a narrow scope of what uh you know, of, of, play and perspective. Um, you know, the things, um, I, I don't, I don't have a lot to say about how the rules should be written, you know? Right.
1: Um, so, uh, previous guest was Dave. It's funny how he's like occupied so much space in this episode. He um, occupies a lot of space. He does. He is, uh, he's a character, but, um, so I've been doing, uh, this, like, I'll have the previous guest ask a question for the next guest, not knowing who that person is going to be. I love it. So, in true in true Dave's Dave fashion, he said, "If you can be any ma- any animal, what would it be and why?"
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> I, I've, I'm pretty sure I've had him ask me that question in person.
1: He must have known somehow. He saw the future. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like the, the, this is such a quintessentially Dave thing to say. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. What's your answer?
1: He didn't ask me. Um,
0: I know. I'm asking you. I'm try. Uh, I'm 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 stalling. Uh, uh, stalling. Yeah. Oh, if man. I could be any animal, I don't know, man. Dogs seem to have it pretty good.
1: Yeah. Wait. What kind of dog? In, uh, any specific. Breed? Well, I'm
0: I'm the one that I just walked upstairs while I've been talking to you and let out is uh her name Squeaks and she's a yeah. uh, she's a pit bull. Um but I think they're all pretty good. So I'll, I'll go with, uh, you know, a nice larger dog. I'm not trying to come back as like a, you know, I don't know.
1: Anything less than 25 pounds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking, I'm looking in the seventies at least. I I like a larger dog.
1: Gotcha. I'm going to give you the, uh, the middle-aged man answer. (laughs) And that's honestly still my favorite animal. Just a wolf. Like, I got my it's basically
0: a dog. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's a better dog.
1: It's a better dog. Yeah. It's, it's free. It's got a pack, you know, so I've got things that take care of me and, um, hopefully I'm not hunted, you know, trying to, trying to survive. Just, you know, just trying to, you know, live my life as a, as a dog. So that would be my, my animal if, uh, if you must know. But, um, so what, what would your question be for the next guest? And it, it could be, <laughs> Seriously, be a david dennis question but no, i don't
0: uh, know how to do deep stuff um uh i i think i'd ask the same question that's kind of been the theme of all of this right like which is like um you know maybe it's a two-part question but um it's sort of like i'm going to try and workshop it a little bit but the idea is basically like do you think you're getting everything you can out of the sport in terms of enjoyment and what do you think it will be like for you when you can't anymore damn yeah
1: Hmm. all right i like that i will i think that to the if next I, victim. I mean
0: i haven't talked to him in a while but i think if dave were here i think that would have been the second question he would have asked
1: so to be fair to him, the animal question was the second question. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember what this first one was, but he, he literally asked me to like, okay, no, no, please take that out. I, I can't do that. i like, you're showing control. Wow. Okay. It would, it would have been bad, <laughs>
0: but uh, I'm a pony.
1: <clears throat> uh, Benedetto. But, uh, that's a good one. Um, we'll see how that one goes. Cause to be honest, man, like my little part of my exodus last year was um there was like no fun over the course of a couple seasons and i was like what what is wrong with me like i'm blowing up on people that i normally don't do and i'm just like i gotta go so that's a good question um i think that's all i got man um like i said I i really appreciate you coming on here and you know hopefully the the imposter syndrome has subsided a little bit. I feel like <laughs> I, really... I
0: I think I got to, to say the things that matter to me. I, I have no idea whether they'll matter to anybody else. Um, but it's been fun to talk about them and that's, uh, that's, 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 that's I think enough for me.
1: Good. And it, it's been great to talk to you about it and go beyond just Facebook messaging. And, you know, I, I think if I were to, Preface this entire episode for anybody that has no idea who either of us are. I would just say, you know, our the hope or the intent of this episode is to appreciate what we have outside of the court because dodgeball is nuts. And I, I kind of equate it as like it's a gift that keeps giving, and and it it will for those that play for more than a season, it, it'll take you to all kinds of crazy places that you never thought possible, and introduce you to awesome people such as yourself. And so, you know, I, I kind of started at the beginning of this episode, but I really do appreciate you, man. Like just kind of staying in touch and, and forming, you know, this like this friendship, even though you've only really interacted in person, like maybe two or three times, but yeah, it's um, crazy, right? It, it's wild. It's,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. I, you know, I, I don't want to step on your own summation here, but I think it's not quite as simple as just appreciate what exists off the court so much as appreciate both, yeah. you know, like, um, and, and, and how they impact each other, right? Like don't, you know, dodgeball can't be the only thing cause it won't be there forever. Um, but it, it can bring a ton to the other stuff too. I think that's, I think that's the big thing for me. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know you if I hadn't played dodgeball, but I don't play dodgeball anymore. Um, so I appreciate dodgeball for, for, for that, but I appreciate you for, you know, reminding me of dodgeball
1: nice awesome man right well i think we'll go ahead and end the interview here all right so that was my interview with dan and dan thanks so much man for being willing to hop on and and share you know your unique experience with dodgeball and your perspective um and and just like kind of indulge me because um you know one of my one of my favorite questions to ask people is what does life look like after dodgeball and as I said in our interview, it's a it's very selfish question because uh, since I started this podcast, I have been thinking at some point I'm not going to be able to play anymore and I'm going to have to fill this dodgeball-sized hole with something. And while some of it is like, yeah, I do want to get some ideas of what people do afterwards, it's also just kind of like a, I don't know, like, like a cathartic way to look at it. Um, this this sport, this experience, this life that I've lived for 20 years um, just about has been chock full of everything across the emotional spectrum. And it's still, and it's, even though it's a part of my life, it's still just a part. And, but it's something that, um, I guess it's kind of hard not to admit it. It it is really shaped who I am as a person. It has helped become a very influential thing. And I find myself reflecting a lot more, obviously this year, given all the, uh, all the changes and whatnot and just everything that's going on in the world. And I come back to this because it's, it's like a comfort area for me. And if I'm able to produce or provide or share some insight or provide anything that offers something similar to, to you, the listener, then this, this is an effort that continues to be well worth it. And I guess maybe it's midlife crisis talking, um, or the fact that I've been up pretty late, but I really do just appreciate everyone. Like, like there is probably maybe one or two bad experiences I've had with an individual in the hundreds of players that I've come across in my time. And I really hope that dodgeball never loses that. I know that, um, I speak of things like sometimes like division or controversy, and I feel like that's probably behind us now, but I also like, Bring it up just to make sure that we don't ever experience something like that again. Um, I feel like there's just enough ugliness in the world to to worry about um and, and take away from what dodgeball gives us. Um most of us play because of the experiences and the friendships. Some of us obviously want to be the best. Huge congratulations to those that made Team USA, by the way. But uh for the most part, like there is something about Dodgeball that keeps us coming back season after season, year after year even when life has moved on, like people that are get married or, or change careers still find a way to come back to dodgeball and it's, it's beautiful. And I just wanted this conversation to portray that in some form or fashion. And I hope I hit the mark. And if I didn't, I will try again because that's uh, just what I do anyway. Um, if you're still with me, thanks so much for doing so. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. So have a great rest of your evening, great rest of your week, a great weekend. And we'll see you next time.
0: Awesome. Um, hey, how are you these days with with swearing on your podcast? Because I'm really bad about it.
1: <clears throat> I've um I've learned to just let it happen.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna do my best.
1: I appreciate that. But, yeah, no, it's um, uh it's it makes editing faster, and I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna try to dictate how you talk. If it's part of your identity, so to speak, then then by all means, weapons it's, weapons for It's like free.
0: my entire identity. I'm not sure there's <laughs> anything after that.